As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Me Pooper. What's up, Shooter? Shooter Me Pooper. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think I saw that one. Somebody named their dog after me for that one, so that was good. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, you didn't see Cody's comment? She named her dog Shooter? She said her dog's new nickname is Shooter Me Pooper. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that she named the dog. I guess I didn't read. Well, I don't think that she actually, maybe just a nickname, but still funny. You know, I'm getting a little press out there, you know, getting names, getting dogs named after me. There's no such thing as bad press. I don't care what you want to call me. If you're going to use my name towards somebody else, it's good for me. We've known Cody since high school. She's cousins with my wife. This is not a big W for you. Oh yeah, it is. Look, she is a brav bro G. She's been listening from the get go. Here's your shout out. We do love the Shooter Me Pooper, but for you to sit here and act like a celeb because somebody we know calls their dog Shooter Me Pooper. First off, I'm not acting like a celeb. I hate Come this on now. so much. Come on. <laughs> but no, we, uh, we get one last week of reunion talk over here. I'm sad to see it go. I, I've had those feelings, you know, that Vanderpump reunion has kind of ruined reunions for me across the board because I was genuinely excited every single week to get into it, to talk about it with you. And now it's gone, and I don't know how I'm supposed to go on. I think the important thing for everybody, for you, for me, for everyone that watches Bravo, and most importantly for those on the show, we need to take some time to heal, guys. Everyone needs to take a deep breath. We've been through the ringer. It's been a long, what, it seems like two years. I think it's been like six months, maybe. Not even, I don't think. Four months. Like Who the fuck knows? But we all need a vacation to regroup, recuperate, come back to some fun shows, some light shows. Hopefully OC's funny or fun. I don't have high hopes for any. I haven't even watched it yet because I'm no, so well, stuck the, on Vanderpump. Yeah, the premiere was last night, and this is what I'll say. If you are, I guess we'll have to get into it because there's a limited amount of shows, but if you're a listener and you want us to really get into OC, let us know in all the comments. You know, Message us directly. Let us know what we're missing out on, what we should look for, things like that. Because I'm with you. I'm not really super excited to get into OC because I haven't heard a whole lot from people that no. are watching it. Like nobody, it, it, I understand the move to put it on before the Vanderpump reunion. Probably would have been better to put it after, but I guess you can't air it at 10 o'clock. But I haven't heard a whole lot. Of, there's not a lot of people that are super excited to get into it. So genuinely, I'm not. I think the biggest thing is that they showed it the same night as the reunion. So even if the first episode was good, nobody's going to be talking about it until not even next week. Cause next week we have like the secrets revealed episode yeah. <laughs> like that. Just show it the night up, make it an hour and a half and show all of that stuff. I know what they're doing. They're dragging it out. Cause they can get one more week out of Scandaval. And like, I guess props for getting the yeah, bag, that's, but well, that's the funny thing is people are now getting mad because glamor magazine popped up with Ariana again on the cover and people are now getting mad saying, all right, enough is enough. She's not some huge icon. She was just cheated on. And while I understand, I mean, I can't understand the animosity towards it. That's just weird because jealousy gives a shit. Yeah, that's definitely jealousy. But at the same time, yeah, eventually, like if you see Ariana doing 
a McDonald's commercial in a year and a half and they're still dragging it out, then you can be like, all right, enough is enough. Why though? But right now, well, not for her. She can keep going as long as she I wants. Know, that's the funny but part. You internally can be like, oh yeah, that happened so long ago. I'm over it. I don't care anymore. I don't need to see this. Right. But to do it now while the reunion's still airing and there's still commercials coming out, say, like, go get that bag. Because money will fix this. And the funniest shit is like, this is the same argument when people are like, I can't believe that he signed that contract and like changed teams and moved cities. Like when you lose yeah, a star on yeah. your team, it's like, okay. They're burning the jersey. Or like the live tour when guys accepted $400 million for like two year contracts. I saw that. Somebody wanted us to talk about that actually. I saw that, which I love. Yeah. But why on earth would Ariana say no to any commercial? If McDonald's wants a commercial, good, done. If battery commercials, done. Whatever the really fuck. funny thought that I had last night was it would be so funny if Sandoval was in a commercial during the reunion last night. Oh my god! And somebody decided, you know what? Like I just said in the beginning, as a joke, no bad press is or bad press can be good press. Whatever. If Sandoval just popped up in some weird commercial at like or like instant, a crypto company, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A crypto company would be perfect. I was gonna say he should have taken the Duracell contract and been like, I buy or I buy batteries for my ex girlfriend all the time, and she didn't appreciate it. I'm gonna find somebody who does with Duracell. Like if that <laughs> came on last night, I would have lost my mind. That would have been the funniest thing ever. People would have rioted. One, I, look, companies aside, I think companies will do whatever they want to take advantage of something that's super important that people care about. Sure. So obviously they're going with Ariana because that's the positive way to go. There's got to be a couple couple companies out there that are thinking we can get a lot of people talking about our product if we just throw this douchebag in there. Like what if Trojan did a campaign with him like, hey, if you're going to cheat, make sure you wear a rubber. <laughs> like, <laughs> like people are obviously still going to buy Trojans, but then they're going to talk about that for weeks because they're going to say, where is... Where's the site? Where's the vision in here? And the vision is you're talking about it. So I thought that would have been a really funny move. And honestly, if I was on some marketing board for a company, I would have suggested that weeks ago. Yeah. So well, fun. you're also cynical. So like that, that, that plays as well. Would have worked. It would have worked. It would have been funny. But to anybody say like enough is enough to Ariana doing commercials. She's probably making six figures for each commercial. Easily. So it is hysterical that you think she's going to have some come to Jesus where she's like, you know what? <laughs> this has run its course. I would, uh, no, no, thank you, McDonald's. I don't want to promote you. <laughs> no, I mean, I would get it if like Katie or Sheena or Lala or somebody were in a commercial and they were piggybacking off of it. Then you're like, okay, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I take a step. No, I understand the making. I will always understand the making money aspect, but from the where it's not jealousy anymore. And it's more just like, all right, I know what you're doing. You're just piggybacking off of your friend's woes to go get money. So there is like something in there, but I don't for, think Ariana cares. Ari no, I don't think she does either. And I think that she's happy to just kind of let those girls do whatever the hell they want because everybody deserves to get to pay Every, right now. Look, if, if Sandoval- TV, Honestly, it's it, a great year for contracts. That's the thing. And if Sandoval and Raquel are dirty and gross enough to put all these people in this situation- I think they are well within their right to profit off of it and keep making that money. Even yeah. if it's Lala got her down payment for her house from Send It to Daryl merch. Yep. We got 250K and climbing for something about her merch. Mm -hmm. Commercials, endorsement deals, do all of it until they stop calling. Like, do not say no to exorbitant amounts of money because commenters are like, this is a bad look. You're an idiot if you're yeah. going to turn down those contracts. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into commenters later because there were some wild takes about last night. And God, they sucked. I can't wait. And with that, what a great segue into Rose and Thorn. Oh, yeah. Why don't you kick us off there, shooty patootie McBooty? All right. So my, uh, my Rose, 
thorn for you, but boy, yeah. did it make me laugh. Oh, time. no. Is it, it might be my thorn. Oh, anyway, go. go well, ahead. no, actually. No, no, no. Don't oh, change, I, don't I, change I, for I, me. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah, this made me laugh a lot. There were multiple people last week that were calling Steel a mean girl. This and is my boy, rose. That was your rose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Spoil it. I want to know what your thorn was. So, yes, last week or maybe the week before, I'm not exactly sure what they were referencing at the time. These episodes kind of get wrapped up together. But Steele obviously went on his tirade about Paige. And we've gotten we've been called out in the past talking about Lala and people call get annoyed about us talking about mean girls and mean girls, whatever. Eventually, the tides changed a little bit and it just started turning into Steele is actually the number one mean girl (laughs) as he continues to go on these tirades against these other women. He's no better than them. He does the exact same thing. And then there were a couple of comments, and they're like, thank God for Shooter trying to bring him back down to earth a little bit. It was bit. one comment. It was so funny. I loved it. It made me laugh every single time. Yeah, no, it was really funny. I'm going to read some some excerpts from it. it it's like three this paragraphs. It's a combined rose, then, long. because it's my rose and yours. I like that. Let's do our first ever combined rose. And this was absolutely my rose because of the journey that I went on with it. First of all, it's a four out of five. Yeah. So I love that you still gave us a good review. And I'm going to pick this apart just because you come at me for not having receipts, which that rant I went on was receipt-based. Yeah, there were a lot of receipts. But if you're going to check me for not getting my facts straight, then you, Sid's mom. Oh, Sid's mom's commented before. Usually in support of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Okay, so let me just read it. Steel's the number one mean girl. I am so over Steel and his misogynistic rants about Mean Girls. If anyone is a Mean Girl, it is definitely Steel. Let's put it out there that Paige is afraid of Lindsay. Check number one, Sid's mom. I didn't say that. I said that. Shooter, your boy said that. <laughs> so you're strike one. Here we go again. Who wouldn't be afraid of someone so aggressive who screams in people's faces? I don't know. Ask Shooter. Steel claims people are hypocrites while he's the biggest hypocrite, saying they aren't citing evidence as he does exactly the same. False. Go listen to my tirade about Paige. It's literally receipt-based. I listed receipts because she did not. Whatever. Strike two. He thinks he's winning an argument by being the loudest and throwing out a nonsensical word salad and not letting his friend get a word in edgewise. Now, her choice of words there... Is it my turn to talk? ...is very interesting. (laughs) Well done. I like that. Because I said that exact same sentence about Louis. Verbatim. Yeah. So I'm just wondering where you got that. I thought the word salad sounded familiar. Yeah. That's not a term that usually hear no so interesting choice of words there sid's mom and what's it with the news segment where they throw out that rob huh is starting again in july when they literally just finished filming we didn't say that we said it's starting in november you yeah. can go back and listen also th- i think that what maybe she's referring to is we did like six weeks ago we threw out oh yeah beverly hills might be coming back at some point when we were doing news about something else i don't exactly remember what it was but we referenced Beverly Hills and said, we're excited for it to come back. I assume it's coming back at some point during the summer, maybe July or August is what we had said at the time, but we forgot that they halted filming. Last week we said November. Yeah. And when we got confirmation, it's coming back November 1st. We said that in the news segment, this wasn't like, we don't sit here and look at like comments on things and say, this is coming back according to Jay Inferno somewhere. Jay Inferno. I couldn't think of a name. (laughs) It's so hard to think of like a weird name. I'm going to go Jay's Inferno. God damn it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Somebody doesn't comment things and we don't just run with it. We always get credible news sources. Mm -hmm. Not whatever the hell you're talking about. The last thing here, 
come on, guys, don't be so half-assed about this and put in timestamps of when you're talking about which show. Everything we do has a timestamp. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all of it has a timestamp. So, Sid's mom, you're just wrong. And it's okay because you put in a postscript. Just listen to the most recent episode of this podcast, and Steel was way better. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we got more. So maybe it started off as a two star and then popped up to four. And she was just one. slowly climbing after I didn't she was. Know you could stuff edit down. reviews too. I didn't know either. That's but a good one. Look, I thought it was a roller coaster of a review. We're not even going to read anymore. I think that just a collective rose for the yeah. week is yeah. a good way to do it. But Sid's mom, if you're going to come at me for lack of credibility, lack of sources. You yourself need a better bibliography because you whiffed on about four different things there. It's okay. We still love you. Thanks for the support. I loved your review. And thanks for still giving it a four out of five, even though you hate me. Yeah, it was still really funny. It was very A lot of enjoyment out of that. But my thorn is the country of Canada because what the fuck? Oh, man. I I know. And before anybody on the West Coast gets all offended and says they have to deal with it all the time, you live out there. You get 75 degree weather all the time. You have to deal with some shit. Okay. Us on the East Coast, we don't ask for a whole lot. We get four full-ass seasons. We have to deal with winter for what seems like six months. We finally get some nice weather, and these assholes up there have to push their fire down here. It sucks. Let me also say, obviously, to anybody actually affected by the fire, it's a horrible thing. If the wildfire is ravaging your neighborhood or home, it's a terrible thing. Just want to get that out there. Yeah, it's not like you started the fire. I'm just talking. I guess, all right, fine. Not the country of Canada. As much as I wanted to say that. I'm going to wildfires in general. Fuck you, wildfires. Yeah, that's not going to step on any toes, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone has a problem with that, yeah. you know, wildfires, you're the worst. You burn things down. There's smoke all over the place right now. We're thousands of miles away from the fire and it's still hazy outside. It's been like this for three days. I feel like we're in Blade Runner, honestly. Yeah. We will never accept a sponsorship from wildfires. No, not, not even if they offered us a million dollars. Well, at that point, I mean, Anyway, let's just get right into it. It's a double reunion episode, so we don't need to waste any more time with Rose and Thorne. I thought that collective Rose did the job uh, for everybody. But let's start out with Jersey. And we still have one more episode coming, which I think it's interesting that the husbands are going last. I knew it. I said it last week. If they do this where they tease the husbands at the end, they didn't even fully tease them. They just showed them in their dressing room. They weren't even like actually, well, I guess they did eventually come out towards the end, but we thought maybe this episode we'd get like 70-30, just the women versus with their spouses and boyfriends mm-hmm. or whatever. It ended up not being even close to that. And with Jersey specifically, you need the husbands involved. There's a ton of drama involved specifically with them. I feel like we were droning on this episode. It was kind of fucking boring. It was being boring. honest. The first episode was pretty boring. This was even more boring. A lot of the drama is coming from Louie. It's coming from Joe. Obviously, now Frank is involved, so he's going after Louie. Like, this is what we need. And I understand that the show is Housewives. I get that. But you've built this franchise with Jersey to the point where you've been so inclusive with the men that people are calling Joe Josephina because he's essentially a housewife. More or less. You know that you want that. You need to lean on that. At least give us half of this episode with them out there because they will just keep going until they tire themselves out. One full episode, which probably won't even be a full episode. They're going to ask them to leave. Yeah. Like, 75 percent into the episode maybe even less yeah and then we're just going to go back to what we just did or you know tensions might still be high because of whatever happens 
we've just been kind of moving along slowly until we get to this point, and now it's finally here. So I, I don't know. The first two episodes just kind of fell short for me. Yeah, and we start out with Melissa is still getting accused of sending Teresa to jail, and there's no real facts around this. And this is kind of the theme for Teresa over the last two episodes. She's just saying shit at this point. She has no correlation, no line of a story. She's literally just saying words. And when people throw out other things, she changes her story almost instantly. It's like throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it's going to stick. But it's just a bad look. Like you said so well last week, she simply seems unprepared. Yeah, no, I mean, she really does. And everything that she is presented with, especially during this episode, at least she has answers this time. Last time she was just yelling back at Melissa the entire time, even when she wasn't even talking or it had nothing to do with Melissa. Now she's just making things up and talking about how like Marge shows up with receipts, which we'll get to. And Teresa throws out this crazy accusation that all of the housewives, and I don't know, Andy backed her up on this. So maybe I guess there is some credibility to it. But she says, no, Louis would never call Marge's kids at work. He just wouldn't do it. And Marge actually has receipts. And L Teresa just completely just throws it aside. Well, she acts she like has nothing to say. I know. And she acts like there are no receipts. She's like, that didn't happen. It's like, well, you're blaming it on hackers? Yeah. You're blaming it on hackers. It's, like, get the fuck bad. out of here. There's no way that they called his office from Louis's phone to air him out. That, that's not how hackers work. No. And I know that they've gotten all of these crazy new ways to do it where you get a call from, like, it sounds like your sister or your mom's voice, and they say that they're kidnapped. There's, like, shit's got really technical over the years since, like, the Jerky Boys days. I loved it better when people would make fake Instagrams and DM you and say, hey, this is LeBron James. Can you send me $500? I'm stuck, and I need to get back to L.A. Yeah. Or, is this really LeBron James? Yes. Basketball. Yeah. I'm a prince from overseas. Would you oh, like that was to help that. me yeah, get back 90s. to? Yeah. That, the, the good old it's 90s. Nigerian email. prince sitting out there yeah. with millions of dollars, and he just wants some friends. He just needs friends. He'll send you money back. You just need to send him money to become his friend. It's legit. I've done yeah. it three times. I'm still waiting on the payout, but once it gets here man who baby buying things off of instagram specifically oh speaking of this hat there you go instagram baby free plug for instagram there you go guys the interesting thing post text so we hear the jackie larita text and it is damning it does speak up against Teresa. talks a lot of shit dolores's reaction is really interesting because she says this is bad for you melissa you're going down yeah i didn't know what to think about that at all there's not a lot of context no but that would imply that some of the rumors out there about Melissa, and I'm not stating any specifics. I'm not saying the rumors about cheating or just the rumors about Joe and his business. Like, there's a lot of rumors about all of these housewives. But that implies to me that Dolo knows something more than we know. I took it that Jackie might have information on Melissa that she's choosing to not divulge. And this will be And that. now that Melissa's bringing this up, even though... Because let's be honest, it's not like these women are checking with these outside sources and saying, hey, I'm going to bring up this text message during the reunion. Do you mind if I do that? Not one housewife has done that ever, I'm sure. So the fact that she did that, yeah, it seems like Dolores has way more information on something and there's zero context to it. But it was the first time that Dolores has said something that's kind of gone against the tide where Dolores has either, you know, stepped in and just said something that we were all thinking like, oh, no, stop talking. That doesn't make any sense. Or no, she was there. She was doing this. She's just spitting facts. This was the first time that she actually brought up an opinion of her own. Yeah, she's been the peacekeeper up until now. And I don't know what it was. And we need to dig deeper into that because that's why, because she's 
been so neutral. Yeah. For her to speak up and say that specifically, my ears perked up. I was like, ooh, what, do you, what do you know? Because yeah. that also didn't relate to the text. And Bravo also made a point of putting the subtitle out there saying, Dolores, colon, yeah. this is what she said. Yeah. So it made me think, either one, Andy just completely missed it because obviously that's something you want to dig into. If Dolores speaks up and you're not really getting a whole lot out of her except for, hey, my relationship's going really well. Hey, I'm having a really nice life. I'm kind of staying out of drama. If she says something like that after the whatever she just went through in the first episode, your ears, like you said, your ears are going to perk up and you're going to look at Dolores and say, what did you just say? Yeah, what's going Why? on? Dolo, what's up, dude? But we move on to Fuda and a lot of this episode is similar. It's just kind of like checking in with characters and asking them about specific moments that aren't what we really care about. Like he's talking about the nose job scene where Jen kind of goes after Fuda a little bit and like makes a off-color comments about the nose job saying like oh yeah we were just sharing stories on both of our awful nose jobs it's like well fuda likes hers so you just insulted her nose jen says that she did that because she was getting back at fuda because she had said some off-color shit about her but what i took away from this you know it's not the bravo lover one two three four account that fuda had because we knew about that we know that fuda watched the show we know that fuda wanted to be on the show and did everything in her power to get on the show what I took from this, Andy's an asshole to Jen. Yeah, And it's not funny, and it's not cute, and it's not like a quirky thing that we enjoy to watch. For him to look over to Fuda and stand under his breath, like, she'll tie herself out soon. It's yeah. Like just, you give everyone else so much leeway to say shit and just kind of ramble on. You'll yell at Melissa and Teresa, but then you'll let them go. But you don't belittle them. Yeah, and I don't we, see a belittling factor. No, not at all. And and we've seen Andy over the years. Obviously, he plays favorites a lot, especially during reunions. It's very polarizing when he does it. But he also supports some terrible people. Teresa. Teresa included. He supports people like, yes, maybe they're good for ratings and they give you more money in your pocket and they make your, your network so much better. But these are still employees of yours, essentially. You can't. We yell at him for playing favorites all the time, but this is worse. You should be, especially for this season. Jen was the only one who really did much this season in the she beginning. She was pushing narratives, man. Aside from the newbies here and there doing whatever they were doing, you got nothing from Namaste Teresa. You got nothing really from Marge in the beginning. You got nothing from Melissa. The only person who was sharing anything personal and driving some sort of show, if you will, was Jen. And he just doesn't care. And I see people online talking about it. Everybody's pretty much on the same page. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Jen even came out and said, I feel like Andy's super rude to me. And he is. And we all see it. Yeah. And he clearly plays favorite. That's never up for debate. But we hear that Louie tracked down Jaden's birth mom. Why the fuck is he reaching out to her? Do you believe that he did? See, we talked about this last week. When it comes to Louie, everything is believable. At least I, I truly felt that when I said that last week. Yeah. This week when I heard that, I actually think that there is a line out there somewhere where, yes, Louie was spouting off nonsense about having a P.I. dig up dirt on everybody on the show. It seems like an easy cop out for maybe Rachel to say, oh, yeah, nobody's going to fact check this because this woman's saying crazy things like her. Jaden's birth mother has been talking to pretty much anybody that she can talk to. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Louis would send a PI or directly contact her. I don't know. I mean, I guess it does. Yeah, I, I battle with it. After last week saying, I believe everything under the sun, this, this little detail coming up, because it comes from Rachel, because I feel like she is pushing a little bit for a storyline and trying to get involved and trying to show like, hey, guys, I'm on the show too. 
it just seems like an easy cop out that everybody can turn around and say, oh, yeah, I was talking to my cousin. And it seems like Louie gave him a call last week. See, I, that's where I think we're going. With I it. get where you're coming from. All right. But the reason that I'm leaning more towards this actually did happen was because of Louie's interaction with Zach. So for those of you that don't know, Louie yeah. reached out to Zach Peter via DM to try to clear his name. Essentially, he was he was talking to him and they were having a nice conversation for a little bit. Louis brought up his special needs son and kept hammering home how good of a dad he was, how much he paid attention to his son, how involved he was. And not to the point where it was like, oh, that's really nice. To the point where it's like, okay, you're clearly trying to paint this picture of, wow, what a guy you are. I know that's not what he was doing with if he did reach out to Fuda's mom, or sorry, yeah. Jaden's mom. But I do think that this is a man that is very quick to make the phone call, to pick up and message somebody to just try to either dig up dirt, smooth things over, always be one step ahead, but he's not actually as smart as he thinks. So he kind of fumbles the bag. He, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that character assessment. I I just think that one, I don't think Rachel's important enough. I don't like I, I could see him doing it to Marge. But Obviously, the, the Marge thing. thing, though. That's why I'm like, all right, well, if he's digging on everybody, and he got to a point this season where he absolutely could have dug on everybody because he was so fucking unhinged. He was. He he absolutely was. But I just don't think that there's anything there with Rachel that he would need to do that. So I'm, I'm not saying that he's not capable of it. I'm not saying that there's a, a chance that he did it. But when I actually think about it in any sort of logic, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that he would contact Rachel or Rachel's stepson's birth mother, who wasn't on the show at all, whom, yes, she's talking to a lot of people, but it doesn't really impact Louis directly. Well, he here's... seems to be calling out people who were calling out Teresa. So the Marge thing makes sense. The Frankie son makes sense. Rachel's not really no, important I, enough. I, I disagree entirely because she is a Marge supporter. How much easier would it be to take down Fuda knowing that she has this thing going on with her son that she's trying to adopt? We've already talked about how we didn't appreciate that she brought all this on TV, that she was talking about her son getting adopted and bashing his mom and not saying that the mom didn't deserve it. But we just didn't like because we thought that the adoption was being used for a storyline and we thought that the kid should be spared of that. Yes. Now, if Louis had that similar sentiment or if Louis watched the show, if Louis read some of the comments, he's like, all right, well, what if there is something here? I can take down Fuda easy if I just talk to the mom. And now Marge has one less supporter. That makes sense. That I, I my think that my, my opinion says more about how I feel about Fuda than it does about Louie. That's fair. Like I said, Louie's capable of anything, and you could tell me that he did something, and I'll probably believe it. But I also believe that Fuda will do a lot to make sure that she feels included. Yeah. And once she heard, hey, he contacted Marge's son, Marge's son. Hey, he's been doing this and looking into this person. I want to be included, too. Let me say that he contacted Jaden's birth mother, because that was my only storyline this year. So I'll, I'll say that he contacted her to try to dig up some dirt, and now I'm included. I, that's, that's look, it, like I said, it's all more so for me, it's more about Rachel and her and I think, wanting to be in the spotlight than it is about anything else. That's a good assessment. I think that a good way to put it, I would believe either story. Both are believable. For sure. For sure. Both are believable. Yep. But we get to check in with Fessler. Fessler is my all-star this season. She was just wonderful to watch at all times i never had a moment where fessler was on the screen and i was like ah get out of here like she was funny oh, she was great her timing is great her one-liners are great she's also relatively normal like the way she talked to I think marge she's just real yeah she's just a real like everything that she does even when she was talking about her plastic surgery here she's real about she it. says yeah i got one one season to do this i'm finally here i don't want you to recast me next year andy who knows if you're gonna ask me to come back 
I got to make sure I do this right. And I fully agree with that. It's just funny when you see like on Vanderpump, on The Housewives, on any show, when somebody's around for long enough, they start to buy more into the ideal of what it is to be a housewife. And it's just, you're seeing Fessler buy in and thank God, because Fessler, I want you to stick around for a long time. So keep playing the game, make Andy happy, do what you got to do, stay on our screens, because in this sludge that is Jersey over the past couple of seasons, you have been a bright note. So keep it up, Fessler. But I can't believe that anybody took offense with the fact that she banged James Gandolfini. That is just baffling. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you get upset that she had, because he's dead? I guess. Like, what the Does fuck? You really that like mean? the Sopranos or dislike the Sopranos? Yeah, it's not like she said I had an affair with James Gandolfini. No, that yeah, like, James yeah. Gandolfini cheated on his wife with me. She said I, which could be true, and we don't know it, what the don't, timeline don't is. Don't even put that even out gonna, yeah. there. No, it wasn't. She was a young talent agent. She was in her twenties. James Gandolfini, I'm sure, was in similar age. He was also fucking Tony Soprano. I would have had sex with him. Who wouldn't? If he walked up to you mid Sopranos run and was like, "Hey, shooter." We're going to go bang right now. Right now. Ask him if Get he's up off the couch. Ducks. We're going to go bang. If he brings the ducks, I'm in. The ducks are the stipulation for you? Yeah. Okay, fine. Ducks were the best part about Sopranos. That, you're going to piss a lot of people oh, off. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> did you like Sopranos? Oh, okay, good. Just checking. Just clarifying. We got to check in with Jackie. And look, I don't like Jackie. I've never really liked Jackie. I thought that she did a half-assed job this year, and she was trying way too hard. She looks great. I'm glad that she is clearly doing better with her disorder and she looks fantastic. So regardless of how you feel about her, good for you. It's really cool to see. And it's cool to watch her share it. Like I'm glad that she shared pretty much the entire journey from when it was really tough. She talked about it being hard when she wasn't asked to be a full-time housewife. I'm glad she finally said like, yeah, that was tough because she's been acting this whole time. Like it was her decision. She needed right. to step down. Like, no, we knew it wasn't. We knew it wasn't. One. So to take credit for that, yep. also to see her doing well, like it was all good. Like Jackie, who had a terrible season, I thought had a good reunion also because she didn't try to like jump on top of people and say no, things out she of, didn't, out of she context. No, she wasn't combative towards Danielle, which she was all season. And we gave her shit for it. I also thought her point about Ozempic was one of the most pointed absolutely yeah opinions about that and that wave that's going on right now yeah. especially in the housewife world i thought that was so important coming from her perspective to talk about that in a non-judgmental way yeah, it wasn't don't there do was, it and it was i know andy was just trying to like kind of like prod her a little bit and say like talk about dolores taking it it's like no and marge and marge like it, uh, whoever the hell else and she didn't take that bait. She just talked generally about it. I thought it was a really good point of view. I thought she shared from her perspective, which is an important perspective with her disorder. And I think she killed it. I honestly do. I mean, she was only on screen for what, like eight minutes tops. That's usually like the cutoff there. And both her and Fessler were pleasant when they were out there. I can now say as bad as Jackie was during the season, I'm okay if she comes back next year as a friend of again. Yeah, she could come back as a friend of if she keeps that kind of. She just needs to figure out that role. Yeah, and I think, you know, give her some grace because it was her first year back. I know we were tough on her, but look, she's going through a lot. She's gotten through a lot. She had a good showing at the reunion, and sometimes it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So Jackie can come back for another year, have a better year, and then maybe move back into a full time. I don't know. I'm not going to give her that spot yet. No, I wouldn't say there is a path forward. So let's hope she takes advantage of it. But look, we can be nice. Yeah. And before we get to like diving into Marge and the friend versus enemy thing and all that stuff, 
This is a good example of what I was saying when Teresa's just throwing shit out there, hoping it's going to stick. We're not even talking about Melissa at this point. And she, out of nowhere, brings up the ex comment when they were out partying or whatever, and Melissa was tuned up, and she goes, oh, I'm like so drunk, I'm going to call my ex, ha, ha, ha. That's a fucking joke. It's a joke. It's not a good joke, but it's not like a ruffle feathers joke. No, Joe's not going to hear that and go, did you call your ex? Did you call him? Like, no, no one's going to hear that when it's on TV in front of all of the women and assume that Melissa is actually going to call her ex or wants to call her ex. I thought it was in the moment like a ha-ha slapstick joke. Good for you, Melissa, whatever. But for Teresa to be like, that's disgusting. Like, I would never do that. I would never say anything like that. I know my brother, and if he heard that, he'd be so upset. And if I wasn't getting married, I would have said something. It's like, you're just trying to cause shit. All you're trying to do is stir up nonsense this whole time. You're making this take way longer. Just shut up. It is. And she's really, yeah, like you said, she's making it take way longer. And before this reunion aired, if you had asked and polled people around the country, who do you want back next year and who needs to get the boot? A lot of people probably would have just said Melissa. Like, yeah, we've got Teresa. It was a weird season for her. She got into it towards the end, but the beginning she was pretty mild and we didn't really know what to think about it, but we're going to see where this goes. Now she's having a terrible, terrible reunion showing. Everybody knows exactly what she's doing. As soon as Melissa opens her mouth, she attacks her no matter what she says. It's terrible to watch. It's terrible television. It's super boring, super irritating. And I wish that Melissa would just kind of hang back a little bit because I think that she's getting a little over aggressive. And look, I, it takes a lot to be able to just kind of sit back and take that, especially when it comes from somebody like Teresa, who you've had it out with for 10 plus years. But if she were able to just kind of control that a little bit, kind of like what Marge is showing, kind of like what everybody else is showing. Now Marge is doing a good job. Marge is doing a great job this reunion by not just jumping overboard. And she's apologizing when she can. If Melissa just doesn't poke the bear a little bit more, just let Teresa tire herself out, like Andy said about Jen. And you'll still look way better. So that's my only real holdup is, yes, things have flipped. And now we're calling for Teresa to get the fuck off the show because she's terrible to watch and she's making for terrible TV. And Melissa can get another season because we want to see what she can do. There's a tiny bit of a holdup because she is so easily agitated by Teresa. Yeah, but I, I think that's more of a reason to see what she can do without Teresa. It's like you, okay. you're just yeah, so agitated by this one person because you guys have been going at it for so long. Get her out of there. Yeah. Because one of them has to go, right? Like one of them has to be gone. And Teresa, just take emotion out of it. Take how you feel about him out of it. Like if you're a tree stand or if you're a Melissa stand, doesn't matter. Look at it from a what have they brought to the show over not only this past season, but the past two seasons. And then use this season as the caveat. Okay. They haven't been great, either of them, for a couple of years, for more than that, because it's been the same feud. Who had a better season this year? Melissa, by far, because Teresa just hasn't cared. She's checked in, she's phoned in, and we weren't team anybody when the season started. We were trying to lean either way. We were going right down the middle waiting for somebody to show us something. In our opinion, Teresa and Louie showed us who they actually were. They didn't give enough effort, and for that reason, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into March. I thought it was funny that she tried to defend the fact that conversating was added to the dictionary later, implying that she is a Merriam-Webster She said it was, it was a slang word that was added later. It's I a don't slang word think added conversating later. is a slang word. No, it's not. And look, there are words that have been added to the dictionary over the years, but if you're going to state something so matter-of-fact, 
that you are this expert when it comes to the dictionary. I need that piece of paper that literally says, conversating, added in 1994 after used in Philadelphia. That's just, it's sort of like a microcosm of how this season goes. We actually had to talk about somebody using a word that may or may not actually exist. That was drama. That was drama. That was drama for the whole fucking show. Like that's that's how bad the season was. And again, I may have, maybe I've said this before, but all words are actually made up. And first off, the English language is the dumbest language out there. We make shit up all the time. Contractions are ridiculous. Knife is a crazy word. Knife is a crazy word. If you want to say something that sounds like it should be a word, it probably will be a word. Conversating is one of them. It can be mm-hmm. something. It sh- there makes no sense that it goes from conversation to conversing. That, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Conversating makes way more sense. So I'm with Danielle on this one. And it's just annoying that Marge even had to stand up and say, well, you know, it, it wasn't really a word. Like, shut up. It's stupid. Yeah. Move on. This sentence works. They're out of town, so I took their dog over there. And they are spelled three different ways Yep. in that sentence. So that's the English language. So we're going to sit here and argue about semantics. I feel like we've had a lot of semantic argue. Semantical? Did I make up a word? Sounds good. Sounds semantical. Like word salad. Wait, nonsensical <laughs> word salad. Steal. He's back. Semantical arguments in reunions over Samantha the past. Who? Sem- semantical arguments <laughs> over the past year in reunions. There's been a lot of semantic issues, and I'm, I'm done with words. But back to Marge, she did get choked up briefly, which you do not see very yeah. often. You don't see Marge kind of let the walls down, and she was talking about Fuda and the adoption process, and she's had a lot of issues with, with her stepchildren. She is very close with some of her stepchildren. She's still estranged from some. This hit her really hard, and it was actually nice to see just her let the wall down for two seconds where it's like, all right, you do feel feelings, Marge, and like yes. that's, that's important because it helps us relate, not just get mad when you go off on a rant. The topic of Laura finally comes up, and Marge says, you know, I, as a friend, I tried to get her on the show when I realized that her sole intention of this friendship was to find a way on the show. That's when I pulled back. Teresa jumps in and again, nonsense, just absolute nonsense. You, you tried to get her on the show. Yeah, Tree. She just fucking said that. <laughs> she just said those exact words and now you're throwing it at her like it's an issue. So take a minute, listen, fucking listen and contribute in a better way than what you're doing now because this sucks. But Marge brings up once she kind of pulled away from Laura, Laura saw her avenue on the show as starting drama with Teresa and Jen against Marge because somebody told her, hey, if you drum up some drama, that's your ticket on. I think that she's been doing it for years. And look, we don't really know what the dynamic of her and Marge's relationship was prior to them falling out. We don't really even know why they fell out. I mean, we can just take Marge's word for it, which gets you in trouble a lot. Yeah. You just take Marge's word for it blindly. But it does sound like this person will do whatever it takes to get on the show. And you make a lot of sense. The next logical step is to go to Marge's enemies and start spewing nonsense, saying Marge told me this, Marge told me that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense well, timeline-wise because Marge might have said it. By the way, oh, by the way, let, yeah, let's not say that Marge didn't say it because she. There is a very good chance that she did say a lot of these things, but the timeline doesn't add up a whole lot to me because Marge is saying, you know, we haven't been friends in a couple of years. Mm. But this Melissa cheating rumor came out like a year ago. So would Marge have trusted Laura with that sort of information or Laura vice versa would have told Marge? I don't really understand any of that. I think it's all bullshit, honestly. I like and the it, timeline there. That's a good. Yeah, it just it, up. it just makes sense that this woman will do whatever the hell she can to try to get some sort of airtime. 
we're just seeing her kind of jump around from person to person playing musical chairs and just seeing, okay, maybe this will set in. And then they'll say, hey, Laura, why don't you pop on for an episode and spill some tea? Yeah. This next part of the show I thought was the most damning and the most significant evidence against Teresa and Jen, if you want to lump her in, but I'm not going to because I appreciate what Jen's trying to do. I don't think it's standing up for Teresa. I think she's trying to stir up some shit and be a better housewife as far as drama goes. I think Mm -hmm. that was her implication. Teresa obviously just trying to watch Melissa burn, but it comes back to the the finale and, and Danielle bringing up the cheating rumor to Melissa. We find out that Jen has already had this conversation with Melissa. Yep. That is a huge, huge drop. By you allowing Danielle to go up and talk to Melissa in that moment, you knew exactly what you were doing. And that's where I see, okay, Jen's trying to tee it up for the finale. Mm. Okay, fine. You know what? You're trying to get the views. I appreciate the work. I appreciate you playing the game. Is it shady? Is it gross? Yeah. Do I get what you're doing? Yeah. Teresa, I don't think that that was what she was trying to do. I think that she just likes to try to move her pawns, right? Like, okay, this is going to get over on Marge. This is going to get over on Melissa. Like, this is what we're going to do. Jen, don't say a word, whatever. They set these pieces in motion, but when all of this comes to light, now Danielle's out. And I like that Danielle reacted the way she did by not being like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys did that. Instead, this tells about who Danielle is. Yeah. This is why she's going to be a Big fucking time. star. Yeah. Because she sits there and goes, no, I, I do not feel set up. I don't feel set up. I feel fine. She keeps it to herself. As soon as she gets behind closed doors with Nate, first thing she says, they set me up. So she knows. I, I think that she definitely knows. And I think that you see. Teresa and Jen both kind of flounder in that moment where Danielle is presented with the information, which, by the way, the fact that it came out then and we watched Jen tell Danielle on camera, hey, I know this little piece of information. It was like pulling teeth trying to get it out of her, knowing that she had already talked to Melissa about it, knowing that everybody else on the show, maybe aside from Rachel, knew what was going on to present this piece of information so that it popped up on TV. Makes a lot of sense for that side of the party to do that. And I love that Danielle came right back and looked them in the eyes and said, did you guys set me up? Like, that's huge. Like, these are your friends. These are the people you were already scorned from Rachel, who then scorned you from Marge. Like, you are kind of alone. You found friends in Jen and Teresa. And now you're finding out in real time, like, hey, everybody else already knew. You were the last person to find out. And we knew that you were going to go straight to Melissa to talk about it on the show. Because one, you're new and you need to have a bit of a storyline. You need to show a little bit of a presence. You can see Danielle realize all of that in real time. And now she's going to go into the second season not knowing who to trust, probably not trusting anybody, which is for the best. Love that. And that's going to make for way better of a career for somebody like Danielle, because I know that she's going to be able to do well with that. I agree. And I think that, you know, by questioning them immediately and them saying, no, we didn't set you up and her just kind of like, okay, fine, you didn't set me up. And then waiting until she's behind closed doors to bring it up again. And then we get confirmation that because In that moment, I'm like, damn, I misjudged and misread Danielle. I thought that she was better at playing the game than that. I thought that she was a little bit tougher than that. But for her to like take that information and be like, okay, no, they didn't set me up. I was like, damn. But then when she talks to Nate and she says, they set me up, I was like, ah, cool. She was playing. She was was just moving pieces. Fuck yeah. She is the person I thought she was. So Danielle, going to have a good year next year. I think that by throwing her into the ringer the way they did was actually beneficial. We were giving her shit in the beginning of the year because we're like, oh, she keeps running away from fights. Like she's not buying into it. I think because it was so tumultuous, she's going to have six inch thick skin next year. She's going to be tough as shit and she knows how to play now. Yep, absolutely. 
But we finally get into like the Teresa and like Melissa. We've been going at it the whole episode, but this is where like, I guess we're going to try to talk about it. We're not going to get to it because they're going to yell at each other the whole time and no one gets a word in. But I think it's comical that Teresa says, I don't wish negative things on Joe and Melissa. It's like you called Joe over to the house to try to get them to get divorced pretty much by spreading some rumor that you heard about Melissa. Not only that, but you're also saying that Melissa and Joe are the ones who sent you to jail. Right. So, so yes, if you do truly believe that they sent you to jail, you probably do want something malicious to happen to them. And we get some unseen footage and we find out that Frankie Jr. got fired or let go, I guess, because the company folded. He was working for Louie. Louie never even talked to him. He ghosted his phone calls. He didn't tell him what was going on. He just lost his job because the company went under and nobody talked about it. And he didn't talk to him about it and didn't answer the fucking phone. This is where I'm like, well, yeah, he probably did call Marge's son. Probably did call Jaden's birth mother. Like he does weird shit because he's a weird human being. He's sketchy as hell. I don't trust anything he does. We don't also know the whole story about the company. How big is the company? Where is Frankie Jr.? Frank, was this the job that he was celebrating? Because that would make me feel even worse. It may have been. uh, The unseen footage of Frank and Joe standing by a dumpster with hard hats on was from August. And again, timelines always confuse us. But I think right around then is when it happened. So yeah, maybe he was there for a couple of weeks and the company went under. Yeah, I I don't know. But that's the other thing is like, yeah, let's go out and celebrate Frankie getting a job. You got to have a little wherewithal that if he got a job in a company that Louie created, something bad's going to happen. whether it's the company goes under whether the company has sec violations and they start getting sued and then they go under or that louis just gonna lie about whatever the company is it just seems weird that you would want anyone in your family associated with louis business wise it's like sending somebody to go work with jen shaw i think that more is a credit to frank and saying okay well frank doesn't have it out for louis and frank's opinion of louis has changed entirely because he was willing to let his son go work for him and now he has a completely different tune. So yes. I think that that's a very big thing to take note of. We get into Jen a little bit and Andy asks her about Bill and therapy. And she says, you know what? That one therapy session really helped. We're totally fine. I understand the pool house now. He's like, look, Jen, after a long day at work, I'm talking to people all the time. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Especially not my wife. I want to go <laughs> hang out in the pool house. There's she, no good alternative. <laughs> no. And like, she's like, I get it. And now I hang out in the pool house. We hang out there together, which means that Bill is fucking miserable in the pool house. Probably. Because he hates his family. <laughs> like, it's blaringly obvious. But, you know, for Marge, it's like two steps forward, 10 steps back. Because she says that she's not taking responsibility for Jen's kids as far as her poor daughter now wanting to be a love therapist. It's like, look, Marge, you were the culprit behind the kids finding out about it it is kind of your fault i know it's bill's fault for stepping out in the beginning but you bringing it to everyone's attention on air is now what made her daughter want to be a love therapist because now she's aware that her parents are not 100 percent okay so yeah you should just in that moment say it would have gone a long way if marge was like yeah i shouldn't have said that or you know what i'm really sorry it affected your children that way yeah. instead of taking a hard-ass approach like oh no it's not my fault and I thought she was going to apologize again for the drug thing, but then she actually doubles down and says, you know what? Her behavior's been a little bit different this year. She's been acting weird. It's like, oh, so you are calling her a disheveled drug addict. Yeah, especially because she apologized for that exact comment I know. two weeks after it happened. So now she's taking this weird stance saying like, yes, she is disheveled. And she, what did she say? When somebody's drug use or when they're smoking weed and it becomes their entire personality. 
That doesn't make any sense We've because I don't think that Jen's entire personality is that. She's she, not a stoner. We've seen her. I, I haven't actually seen her smoke any weed on camera. Me not, I don't even know if that's even allowed. The only weed I've seen smoked was at Marge's house. Exactly. With this fucking uh, food truck that pulled up. But Jen has so many more facets to her life. You get to see her in therapy with her, which do I think that one therapy session is really going to fix that? No. But you see her at therapy with her husband. You see her with her kids. You see her and Bill having a great time drunk at parties and she's smoking cigars. There are so many more levels to what Jen is and who Jen is that this is ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, she's far from a pothead, Marge. Yeah, and like, look, I understand too, when anybody makes any one thing their entire personality, it is annoying. It's annoying as I well. understand that, but this is not the case. It's not the case. And also, Marge, it's fucking weed. It's, yeah, we're talking about marijuana. All right, like settle down. The episode ends with the phone call allegedly made to Marge's son at work. And she has receipts. She has a photo of the caller ID. And it says Louis Ruelas on the caller ID. She has, I guess she pulled the phone record so you can see where the call was made from, where it was received from. It looked like she had six pieces of paper. So now I'm like, oh, does it have the transcript? Like, can you get that far into it? No, 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 no. Not for an office phone, no. Okay. Um, I mean, it depends. Like a lot of, this is office talk with us. A lot of office. I've uh, never worked in an office. Uh, yeah. So. A lot of offices have transitioned to more of like a computer phone. So rather than having a physical phone at your desk, you can answer through your computer. They might have a transcript if it was a voicemail. But it mm. sounds like this person answered. I guess Marge's son answered or somebody in the company answered and actually spoke with Louie or an imposter of Louie. But yeah, she does. She has like six pieces of paper. It looks like she might break out a couple more as we move through the night when the husbands and stuff come out. So maybe she has a little bit more information. But all you could see was the phone number. And Teresa did confirm, yes, that is Louie's cell phone number. Later, when they're talking about somebody's uh, Marge's business phone was calling me. Oh, I've got two missed calls from Marge. And it was her landline business, mm. which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's actually mm. easier to, I guess, con by doing that. It could have been Louie in the back room just calling I Teresa. I think it was. I think that it was. I think he is so... That was the one thing that I think they were right about because Marge immediately said, oh yeah, Louie's in the back room watching. He probably just called you twice and I, just spoofed it. And I thought that that, that made the, sense. At the moment, I was like, ah, come on. And then I was like, you know what? He probably did. He's probably watching this live. He's like, oh, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to take, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove myself right. I'm going to call her right now. <laughs> <laughs> this will throw them off. Yeah, no, they, they won't suspect a thing because I'm so fucking smart. But here we are. Vanderpump reunion finale. We've been waiting all season for this, all year for this. Everyone's talking about it. Even people that don't watch Bravo are talking about it. CNN is talking about it. The White House committee dinner was talking about it. It was in the yep. introduction speech. That is the level in which Scandaval has rocked this country, arguably the world. And that's why we said multiple times, this is the pinnacle of reality TV. I do not think you will ever have another episode of reality TV this captivating, this polarizing, and this destructive just because of the levels to it and how involved we the general public are in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that you're going to have to, like four or five months from now, if I'm sitting on a couch and it's raining out, I might throw this on, just all three parts in a row, uncensored, just to relive a little bit. We talked about it in the beginning of the episode. We're all genuinely going to have to recover in some way, shape, or form from this. I'm not saying that we have like trauma to recover from on no. our end. 
just more so like this has consumed my life for months. Yours too, I know, because we talk about Honestly, the way to think about it is after the Eagles make a playoff run. Yeah, it's like this has consumed my life or the Phillies on their run. Like they played every couple of days, once a week, whatever. Like you were looking forward to it every week and you were reading news about it. You were trying to figure out which players are playing and you're trying to figure out who's talking shit on who and what new information is coming out from this whole thing. It's been going like this since early March when the news broke. And now we're kind of done. I don't think the dust is going to settle yet because there's still information. And if if the last five minutes of this episode are any indication, there's going to be more news that comes out. And obviously they're picking up the cameras in a couple of weeks. I think I don't want Sid's mom to get pissed about this, but they are going to (laughs) start. They are going to start filming soon because they don't want the dust to settle. They want to make sure that they get some more raw emotions. You got a couple of weeks off. You got like a month and a half off from the reunion. Let's throw you right back in there and just see what happens. And I think there's going to be way more information coming out. And we're going to have to do that little dance where, yes, we want to know more. We want to know information, but we also want to have good TV to watch in like six mm. to eight months. So I don't want too much. You know, no. little tidbits here and there of off-camera stuff, sure. But the things that happen while they're filming, I don't want to know right now. We need radio silence for a couple of months, I think. They're going to have to work that into the contract because that gets really, really weird. We saw it with Beverly Hills. Like yeah, they Beverly Hills, Jersey. Involved. We already heard about the yeah. Ireland trip and it, things like that. Exactly. So let's, let's settle down. All right. We're all going to recover. If you need to talk to somebody, reach out to us, reach out to a friend. But the scandal is almost over. But we start out, Raquel enters the room, and you could hear a pin drop. The tension is through the roof. I felt it at home. I'm sure you felt it. It was just, it was palpable. You could taste it. Like, it was just almost too much to handle. But she walks in the room, and the first thing that we talk about is the Havasu trip, and Andy's discussing the panic attack that she had, and like the real sisterhood that we saw on TV. Now. Well, the first thing we talked about is LVP's restaurant in oh, yeah. Vegas doing super well. Why? Why? Why even bring up other topics? <laughs> like, this is where they lost me a little I bit. I thought that was so funny. Like, oh, let's check in with LVP. How's Vegas? It's great. It Andy. was a segue. She started talking about the Havasu trip and the girls trip that you went on, which is, yes, we, w- we would like to start there, I guess, because that's when the timeline that they're putting out there starts. And instead of talking about that immediately, he goes to LVP and her restaurant and how it's doing and how well it's doing. And they have a genuine conversation about LVP's restaurant for a good couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Every, you could hear the collective groan across, which is still so funny because we just learned this, that the West Coast can't watch this until like no, no. our time. Yeah. But you could hear the collective groan from like Chicago over to us dealing with the wildfire stuff, all just groaning at the same time. Like, come on, Andy, you kidding me? Get into it. But. They're talking about the panic attack, and I think it's interesting looking at it now. In hindsight, I think she was panicking because of having sex with Sandoval. I don't think she was panicking because of any other reason other than guilt in that moment. She yeah. just like was so torn up that she just lost it. And like we've only seen her cry twice. Mm-hmm. That moment, and then in her interview six days after the reunion when yes. she spills the beans about what was going on. Now, during this time, we did say, okay, we're watching this through the lens of we don't know about Scandival yet. So yeah, I did think the girls on the trip were being mean girls. But credit where credit's due, Lala said, I wouldn't trust you around my man. Raquel tries to use that as like, yeah, you guys are being mean. Like you said that you wouldn't trust me. She's like, I wouldn't trust you around my man. And look, look what happened. So clearly I was right. And it's like, "Ah, you know what? She was right. She was 100% right. You shouldn't trust her around your man because this is what happened. what happened. Now, the interesting part, did you watch the extended version? Yeah. Lala knew that Oliver was married. Yes. 
that was a big omission because in that moment she wanted Raquel to look stupid. Like she was actively trying to throw her under the bus. That's a big deal, I thought. Like, that made me think that even when Lala was talking about how hot Oliver is and that she would hook up with him, that it wasn't because Lala wanted to do that. It was because she wanted to rile Raquel up because we saw in the episodes leading up to that, that any time that any person around Raquel says something that they want to do or suggests, hey, Raquel, maybe you should do this. She can't think for herself. She's like a robot. You just programmed her a little bit and she's going to go do that. So it made me think that Lala never had any intentions with Oliver. And just wanted to see like, hey, if I say Oliver's hot and I would hook up with him, do you think Raquel's going to go after him? I think so. Let's just test this out. Yeah. And look, maybe I need to preface all of this with this sentence right here. Mm -hmm. We understand that Sandoval and Raquel are in the crosshairs. We agree. We are not trying to throw shade at anybody else that doesn't deserve it. But we are going to call out things that I think need to be called out. That was a big moment to me. But the thing that we finally get that we haven't gotten up until this point was Raquel at least gets to speak on her behalf. Not that she deserves a chance to talk, but I was so curious just to like hear what she would have to say and like how she would try to defend it or fess up to it. I didn't know what was going to happen. And she talks about her personality shifting and how she had stopped being a people pleaser and had been selfish and worried about her own self-interest. The word selfish, as Ariana so nicely points out, is such an underwhelming way to describe what actually was going on. No, yeah, you were I mean, easily. It was just, we've seen her do this before. She talks about how she is trying to turn a new leaf and she's trying to do things for herself and not be pushed in directions by other people. She did this during the Oliver thing. I know. She said, I wanted to hook up with Oliver and that's what I did. And I was just trying to do something for myself. And yes, this, that is a very, very minimal thing that happens in the grand scheme of things. But we've heard her do this before. So what? It makes no sense that now she's saying, I was just trying to do things for myself and I felt a connection. So I just did this. That just means that you're not thinking about the ramifications on the outside of this. You're only thinking about yourself. That's not at all what you're trying to do here. No. And she says later, like, I didn't understand that my actions have consequences. It's like, what are you talking about? Your actions don't have consequences. Lala points out, you learn that at a very young age. Yes. Actions have consequences. For you to figure that out in your late 20s, the way in which you found out is insane. Like, you don't learn that actions have consequences by getting in a fucking explosive affair. No. That it, is not what happens. Yeah, not at all. It's just not at all what happens. And, and during this reunion, at least early on, I was a little afraid because the way that it started off, you had... Lala and James pretty much just destroying the two of them. Yes. And Ariana wasn't getting a word in edgewise, even though that's who I wanted to hear from the most was just them. And that's why I suggested last week that everybody else go away. Let's sit down with Andy, Tom, Raquel, and Ariana on separate sides. I think that I, I get it. I think Ariana wanted her friends to be there because then she would feel alone Support, yeah, and exactly. then have to face that directly. And I get that aspect of it. But I was very afraid early on that that's all we were going to get was just these other people chiming in and just knocking them down and knocking them down, and knocking them down. We saw during their break that Tom and Raquel weren't able to sit down and discuss their storyline. They weren't able to sit down and map out how they wanted to approach this because we saw them not able to do that. I wanted to see them get buried. I wanted to see them talk. And realize that they're not on the same page, that yeah. they didn't get to rehearse this. Yes, I know le the weeks leading up, the days we leading up, that's pretty much the only thing they've been talking about, I'm sure. But in this moment, things have gone haywire. 
and new information has come out easily because Schwartz wasn't on the same page with Sandoval. So I wanted to see them talk in circles and look so stupid and then let Ariana get her jabs in. And thankfully, we did eventually get that. Yeah. They did calm down. And again, I think this is something that we kind of knew was going to happen. Tensions are going to ramp back up as soon as Raquel comes out there because everybody fucking hates her. Mm. So everybody's going to want to get their piece. And then it kind of fell off a little bit, which I was thankful for because we were able to actually get that good TV. I agree. And the next thing that comes up, Andy questions Raquel about that horrible scene when she's talking to Ariana about Sandoval's intimacy with Ariana. And the fact that she took it upon herself to have this conversation with the woman that is dating the man that she's sleeping with. This is where, like, there's moments in this episode where I wouldn't call it sympathy, but watching her kind of take this bashing over and over again and just, like, her sitting there and, like, hearing the things that are being said to her, because they're some of the worst things I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. That being said, she deserves to hear them. I'm not saying that at all. But there were moments where I was like, Jesus, like this is kind of hard to watch sometimes. Not that it shouldn't be happening. It's just kind of tough to watch. But... I didn't get that, actually. I thought that they were a little soft on her. Oh, really? See, yeah, I, thought... I, I think that she could have taken a little bit more because she, we see it when she walks well, away. Well, hold on. You're cutting me off at a really okay. bad time oh, okay, because you're leaving going. me hanging on like, oh, she didn't deserve that. And I don't think that. Oh, I no, no, no. She okay, deserves yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah. I'm saying that the moments like this where I'm reminded, oh, she took it upon herself to try to be friends with Ariana. That's when I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like, let her have it. Let her have all yeah. of it. She deserves all of it. If you don't let me finish that sentence, people are going to meet. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Really good comments. point. Yeah, it's a really good so, point. So that's why we put the disclaimer out in the beginning. All right. That's yes. the disclaimer is all encompassing. Everything that we say, just go back to the disclaimer. If you feel like we might be defending the other side, we of things, are not. We are not. We're, we are absolutely not. We're just analyzing a specific scene. Yes. So that that was a big one for me because. She tries to say like, oh, I was, I was so like cringy watching that. I can't believe that I would do that, blah, 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 which seems to be her defense on a lot of this, which is bullshit. Because I, I, I am tired of and going to get even more tired of this defense that she just didn't know any better. There's parts of me that believe that. like She does seem to not see the nuances of certain things, but these aren't nuances. This is stuff that's right in your fucking face. So it's not like you can look at the situation and be like, well, I was worried about me for the first time in my life. It's like, yeah. But that was at the cost of your best friend. All of your friends. All of your, your friends. Your entire livelihood in LA is out the window the moment you decide to quote unquote do something for yourself. There are so many things you can do for yourself. You can go on dates with other people. You can go take a new class. Go do a gym class. Go do a fucking Peloton thing. I don't care what you do. You can learn how to paint. Go to you a do paint. something for yourself. Paint by numbers. There are so many things you can do for yourself that do not include having sex with your best friend's boyfriend. That is, it's not even on the list. I don't even want to say it's the last thing on the list. It's no, not it, even on the it, list. It is not on the list. It never will be on the list. And Andy asked her, did you ever tell her, Andy asked her, did you ever ask him to break up with Ariana? And she says, I encouraged him to make sure he was happy. So yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you did try to get them broken up, which makes this conversation even worse because it's confirmation of what we all thought. But I think that was Andy almost like extending a little bit of a branch like, hey, if you tell us right now that you told Tom behind closed doors, you need to end things with Ariana if you want this to continue. It makes you a little bit better off. No, but a tiny yeah, bit. she could have said that. Yeah, I was telling him nonstop. Yeah. To break up with her. Instead, she's like, no, I just encourage him to be happy, Andy. It's like, well, then maybe th this is what makes him happy because he's a narcissistic fucking yeah. psycho. So you gave him a pass to be like, oh, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too and burn the whole fucking world to the ground in the yes. process. Ariana, who had multiple great drop-ins, 
was like, you had already fucked him at that point. So you concerned about his happiness and like making sure he's happy with me is irrelevant because you have already tried to replace me. You've already tried to insert yourself into my life and take me out of it. So your sentiment here is bullshit as it has been the whole time because you already had sex with the man. So anything you say after the fact is null and void because you're a monster. But I've been waiting for like some deep Sandoval shit to drop for him to try to fucking insert himself in a way that makes him out to be just this like, I just live on a different level than you guys. And here it was. It was the perfect way for him to do that because he goes, we don't live our lives by logic. (laughs) What the fuck do you mean, bro? You don't live your lives by logic? What's the logic here? The logic is not logic. It's a moral compass. It's an ethical code. Don't cheat on your girlfriend of nine years with her best friend. That's not logic, dude. That's just fucking common sense. That's basic human nature. Do not do what you've been doing for nine months and then be a dickhead about it. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he went full-blown dickhead. The first two episodes, I felt like he was, he was lashing out mostly at James and Lala. But this episode, he really showed who he actually is. And you could see it a couple different times. And one of the times that I was just thinking about was him. And we've seen him try to make excuses where he's a human too, you guys. I'm a human. I make mistakes. I do this. Like, no, you're subhuman. We know this. This is what you are. I make mistakes, guys. And you guys have done this in the past. Like, no, we haven't gone this far. This is way higher up than any of us have ever done. And you and I have talked about this before. Like, yeah, all right. Some of them have done some questionable things. Did in the James past. and Lala hook up while they were dating other people? Yeah. Yes. Was Raquel involved? Yeah. Is that fucked up? Yeah. Yes. Is it the same? No. Not even Not close. Not even remotely close. And him saying that, and then right on the heels of saying that, talking about how it would have been nice if, you know, some of his friends would have reached out to him. Oh, my Wouldn't God. Wouldn't it have been nice if I, just a text message would have been nice. Like, what no, dude. Ariana's like, did you really think that these people were going to be your friends? Did you think they were going to support you and check in on you? And he said a text would have been nice. But from fucking who? This is that, like, this is the perfect way to try to see into the mind of Sandoval. This is what, this is who he is. He doesn't even understand. He can't grasp the level in which he's fucked everybody over. Even in this moment, he thinks that there would be people reaching out to him. You were just as close with you as they were with Ariana, which means that they are going to text Ariana and put you on blast because a guy that they thought they knew that was in love with this girl that they love destroyed her, wrecked her, ruined her life to sleep with her best friend. You think they're going to text me? Hey, man. I know it was fucked up, but I hope you're holding up all right. No, or that either then take the stance that you're madly in love with Raquel and this is just what the life is for you moving forward. Like, take that stance. Don't hem and haul over it when you're presented with the question, are you in love? Don't sit there and think about it. You have to say yes. If you want people to support you and you want people to be like, hey, all right, like we get it. He had an affair with Raquel during this for like nine months against his girlfriend. Don't try to paint a picture where Ariana looks bad. Just try to paint a picture where you were so madly in love with Raquel and you didn't know what to do. Don't take this stance that now you're a victim. Ariana was the only victim in all of this. Yes. You guys are both perpetrators. You're both pieces of shit. This is what happens to perpetrators and pieces of shit. You get what's coming to you. And the fact that he's going to sit there, play the victim card, like you just said, he has the nerve to say, we're still trying to figure out what our feelings are. It's so like fresh from all this. We just need to like take a minute. It's again. No, dude, if you want any way out of this, you need to propose to Raquel and you guys might have a light at the end of the tunnel just because at least it was quote unquote worth it, I guess, if you guys end up together. Like, I don't know. But the fact that he plays this card of he's been scorned and slighted and that people are 
dropping him and he needs a friend and he's just upset that nobody reached out to him, you don't fucking deserve it. You deserve zero contact from everybody you know because one, you fucked up, all right? Do people make mistakes? Absolutely. Have people made this exact same mistake? Absolutely. How you've handled it is what sets you apart. The fact that Raquel, who people have been crucifying, can come out here and have a better showing than you is baffling. It's fucking astounding that she can have the tact to come out there and at least take all of the abuse. She takes she all apologized. of it and apologizes over and over again. Yeah. Is it worth anything? No, no. It's too little, too late. But she's apologizing. Tom is being defensive. He's still being defensive. And this should tell anybody that has any questions of whether or not this is a subhuman piece of shit, deplorable asshole. This should get all of your worries away because he does not care. This is textbook narcissist. What a narcissist cares about is how they look, how they feel, what they care about. Their self-interest is number one. It's paramount above everything else. And watch his actions. Watch how he talks. Watch how he talks to Raquel. Watch how he his body language. All he's concerned about is how he's coming out of this. Yes. You can see him glaring at Raquel while she's talking because she's not saying what they discussed. He's mm -hmm. sitting there glaring because she's going off script and he's panicking. He's like, fuck, how am I going to look good after this? And if you don't believe me, look at his self-healing journey he's been on since then. The Instagram stories of him trying to say, I'm getting better. I'm out here. I've been a victim too. And you know what? I've seen the light and I'm getting better, guys. I'm on the spiritual journey right now. Go fuck yourself. I hope that when you're climbing that stupid rock in Tucson or wherever the fuck you are, you fall off. I hope you fall off. Don't die. I don't wish death, but fall off the goddamn rock because you fucking deserve it. Well, buddy. Maybe he'll hit his head and realize what he did. Maybe Honestly. he won't be a narcissist if he hits his head after rock climbing. Like a rock climbing incident and he knocks his, like, some sense into him because the fact that he plays victim and is defensive should tell you literally everything that you need to know about this man. He's fucking deplorable. Yeah. And I mean, Raquel coming out, obviously, like we knew, tensions were going to be high, emotions were going to be running. And I thought for all intents and purposes, she handled herself relatively well. She did. That, look, she said it beforehand, hoping for the best, expecting the worst. That was probably the best, honestly. It was the she best. came out, she was apologetic. I, did we believe any of the apologies? No, I don't think no. that she actually truly feels sorry. I think she's just in the same boat as Sandoval, where she's sorry that she got caught. She's sorry that she's caught up in all of this. She never expected any of the ramifications, which lunatics do not ever expect ramifications for their actions. And that's exactly what we would think. Her storm off was a joke. She wasn't even upset. There wasn't even anything bad said. She just gets up and walks away, gets a bottle of water and comes back like it was just all a fucking act the entire time. And it was case in point throughout that entire thing. She's just nodding along and nodding along and nodding along and not even really there. She's not really listening to anything. She's just her agenda is I'm just going to apologize the entire time and act like I wasn't in the right, which is, you know, a move, I guess. But I have a theory about it and we'll get to it. But at the you end. know, but you know that she doesn't feel any of that because as soon as as soon as she's offset, she's making jokes. She's laughing with Sandoval. I'm telling you right now, dude, if I'm in another dressing room and I hear those two idiots laughing down Fucking the hall, belly laughing, I'm kicking the door open and, and causing a whole yes. scene. Like, how could you sit there and, like, read the room, you idiots? Read the fucking room. You're it's both just, on blast. They don't care. That's they do the thing. not. They, they do not. are upset that they have to deal with this for so long and sit in front of all these people and have to film this whole thing. That's what they're upset about. They're not upset about their actions actually hurting other people. They're upset that they were caught. They're not upset that they have to now face the music. 
they see facing the music as an annoyance. You can tell Tom is annoyed for the most part. He gets frustrated when other people are yelling at him. He never actually feels sorry. And that fucking cry he did at the end was a joke and we'll get there. But you can tell in this moment, they were both so relieved. She was so happy to get out of there. Both of those dumbasses with their tags still on their dresses. I know because they're just going to return them the next day. First off, if you're going to accept that suit back from Tom Sandoval, you better know he was sweating his ass off. And smoking cigs. Smoking cigs, sweating his ass off, doing whatever the hell Tom Sandoval does. I can't imagine that dude smells good at all. He smells like a dirty fucking dumpster. But them laughing in there was unbelievable. And I don't know how big these sets are. I I can't imagine they're that big because they said that Sheena has to be 100 yards away, which is not as big as a set. So she couldn't be in a dressing room. So that means that the dressing room is right next to the other people. Everybody else is in this other dressing room. You have to have heard them giggling in the other that room. That wasn't a giggle, bro. That was a full-blown like belly laugh. I think that was just both of them. And Sandoval seemed like he has pent-up aggression, and he's freaking out, and he finally got a chance to just have a nice light moment with the girl that he loves. You don't... And he left. Raquel's, on the other hand, was like... Switch off. Okay, I'm not I'm not sorry anymore. I said my apologies. I faced the music. I'm done with this. I'm out of my dress. I'm back in my sweatpants. I'm going to get the hell out of here. But first, let's laugh about something that really made me laugh on set. The makeout in Mexico comes up with Schwartz, and Schwartz has tried probably five times throughout this episode to be the comic relief unsuccessfully. It's just really awkward and mistimed, and you can tell... He was 100% a party to everything. He deserves a lot more smoke than he's getting, I think. Yeah. I also think that this is going to fucking ruin him. Like, I, I think he was on Jax and Sheena's podcast, and there is a way out for him because he was actually throwing Sandoval under the bus, finally saying that Sandoval caused all this shit. He gave me, he sold me a shit bill of goods is what he said. Yeah. And he wished that Tom would stop being so resentful and angry and be remorseful and human. But that's a big ask for a guy that doesn't have a soul, Tom. So like, settle down, buddy. But (laughs) they're in Mexico and LVP brings it up because we find out obviously later that not only had they had sex already, Tom and Raquel had sex in Mexico. Multiple times. Multiple times. And Raquel made out with Schwartz. Yeah. That is lunacy it's disgusting on so many levels it's, it's like it made me legitimately like oh like squirm i was like yeah. how the fuck do you do that willingly and the worst part you know you know for a fact sandoval was pulling those strings go yes. make out shorts go make out shorts yep. and this is what i'm going to get into like at the end of the episode when i saw raquel's confessional post reunion she did a lot of shitty things she's in the wrong she deserves all the smoke she deserves all the heat she's getting I do believe that she was manipulated by Sandoval. I believe that he's the ringleader. I believe he deserves the most smoke. I think she deserves a lot of it. But I did see at the end a girl that was in a manipulative relationship. Doesn't excuse what she did, especially where I get lost on this theory is the fact that she was friendly with Ariana the whole time. That's where my argument kind of breaks down. Right. And, And honestly, and I agree with you. Yes, it is a manipulative situation. But both can be true. Just because she's in a manipulative situation doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve all of the hate. Correct. I'm not taking anything off of her plate because, like you said, she was still cognizant of what was going on and was still talking to her friends as if nothing was going on. So I don't think it excuses any of her behavior. Like, no, yes, I'm not saying I agree it does. that Sandoval was pulling the strings here and there, but I don't feel bad for her in the sense that she was manipulated. I don't either. At all. I just think it, it's painting the picture for me more. I'm like, well, I okay. think she's too dumb to actually make decisions for herself. But that's why she's the perfect. So Sandoval was making. Yeah. And that's fine. But Sandoval was making her decisions for her. 
So again, I just don't feel bad for her. And I saw a lot of people saying like, well, hear me out. You know, I, I do kind of feel bad. It feels like a, it's an abusive relationship. You can tell at the end. Again, for me, the breakdown is that she continued to be friends with Ariana. But I do think that it was a manipulative situation. Yeah. But during that makeout conversation, LVP asks her, and this is the only time LVP had a good reunion because she talked way too much and said the wrong things the whole time. She needed to stop. And I think all we saw from the cast is that, okay, they're no longer under Lisa's tutelage. Like she's no longer in charge. They don't take everything that she says like to heart. They are going to say what they want to say. They're going to do what they want to do. And rightfully so, because LVP had a terrible show in this reunion. But the open relationship comes to light that sandoval allegedly is the perpetrator behind this i love that andy asked that question and you see sandoval roll his eyes like oh my god dude but andy like checks in with raquel just to figure out where you've been what you've been doing checks in with tom where you've been what you've been doing raquel's been staying with her family i guess she stayed with her sister and then she went back home to tucson and she asked tom if they'd hung out tom's like yeah we, we've hung out a couple of times like, just a couple times. nonchalantly yeah we've hung out a couple times and Raquel said that she did want to skip the reunion but didn't so I again not defending anything but credit where credit's due at least she came to face these people she I did guess her job. like she did her job yeah. she showed up and like took the beating that she deserves and I guess you obviously she has to apologize because mm -hmm. Tom's not going to correctly he's going to cry and make it about himself but for her to apologize it's just it's clearly scripted like she clearly wrote down her thoughts yeah. I think I wish it came more from the heart but that's the other thing I don't know what from the heart looks like with Raquel because every time she says something deep or personal it seems to be scripted or forced and that's where I'm like oh well Tom fed you this shit and that's where I started to break down the whole situation like Tom gave her the instructions of like, go out there, make peace, be nice. Because Tom cannot admit fault, because that would be a blow to his ego and it would be a blow to his narcissistic tendencies, Tom's not going to bend the knee, but Raquel can, and Tom can still play this guy and try to spin this narrative yep. that, look, <clears throat> I didn't mean it maliciously. I'm a good guy that made a bad decision. Yep. He's going to hold on to that. Yep. He's going to throw Raquel under the bus. Hey, you take full responsibility. I'm not going to, but you are. And that is Tom Sandoval. That's who this motherfucker is, and he sucks balls. Well, and you can see it, too, because when he's... The only real thing that he ever shows emotion for is thanking other people for being there for Ariana. Where did he get that? I don't know. He got it from Sheena. Sheena oh, said that in the sit-down, in the finale, when he sat down with her, when Brock went out That's and right. said, you put us in a really bad spot, bro. He sat down with Sheena, and Sheena said, you are supposed to do this, and then walk away and leave, like break up with her and let her friends be there for her. Ever since then, he's only been leaning on that. He and he's not it. apologizing for his own actions. Never once is he saying, I should have done this. I should have tried to break up with you. No, he's saying, I tried to break up with you and it didn't work. You wouldn't let me break up with you. Okay, so passing the blame to Ariana. Victim blaming. Victim blaming her. Now he's pushing the blame over to Raquel saying that she shouldn't have been stepping in on me. She shouldn't have been sharing these intimate moments with me because I'm in a relationship. She should know better. It's her best friend. No, dumbass. You should know better. It's your girlfriend's best friend. So no, he's not taking the blame again. And even this thing, the only thing that he ever breaks down and starts crying about is thanking her friends for being there to support her, which he got from Sheena. Not one thing is his own idea. Not one thing is his own opinion because if we were to actually get into Tom's opinion of what's going on here, it would be a scary, dark place. You know what it would be? Fuck, man. I can't believe I got caught. Yes, exactly. That's, That's the only thing that they feel bad about. And like I said, when you see the two of them on their own, 
they just move on with their lives. There's nothing to worry about here. When you see Tom out there on the road, he's at these fucking shows. He does jokes not, about Raquel. He does not care that there are people in the audience with Team Ariana signs. He does not care that there are people in the audience saying, give your mom back your money. He doesn't care about anything. All he cares about is, there's people at my show right now. Tension people period. are buying tickets. That's all he fucking cares about. And he is laughing about it. He's not getting, he's definitely not getting paid nearly as much as everybody else on the show at this point because they're banking off of all of this. He's not, but he doesn't care. He just sees like, you know what? When we get to hear that from Lala, be thankful that this happens because these two toxic people are out of your life. I think Tom is thankful that this happens because now he's not bogged down by a relationship that he so desperately wanted to get out of, but didn't have the balls to actually get out of it himself. Yep. I completely agree. Let's, let's stay on track here because we are continuously getting sidetracked, but we get a question from Andy about like, how did this come about? Like, what did you see in Tom? And she's like, well, I felt heard. I felt seen for the first time in my life. And Ariana's like, Hello. Like, you did not feel heard and seen by me. And Raquel's like, well, I just felt like I couldn't confide in you. I could confide in Tom. Inappropriate. Absolutely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. She is still dating Tom. Raquel, like, that's inappropriate. Also, Raquel never tried to confide in other people. Correct. She never once confided in anyone. She felt a connection to this lightning bolt wearing asshole, yep. and you confided in him. You're not supposed to, even if you guys are just friends, you're still like, there is a limit to what you should say. Cause there are boundaries when he is with another woman. It's like an emotional affair at that point, yep. which is just as bad. Like you need to just back the fuck off. But the fact that that's your defense just shows you like she genuinely doesn't see an issue with it. And I was like, my dog died. My dog died. You felt a connection. Great. My dog died. I cried in your arms. Mm-hmm. You left me. To have sex with my boyfriend. Yeah. And she also said that the ghost of Charlotte will haunt Raquel forever, And I hope which it does. Hilarious. I hope and I really thoughts. hope she does too. But, and he's like, why couldn't you stop? And she said it was impossible to walk away from. Just impossible. And Meaning you were in love, you were right? You in love. And she takes a little bit to answer. She goes, yes. Okay. At least you can say that. That seems to be the easiest cop out of this situation. Maybe you guys should latch onto this, even yeah. if you don't feel this way. Okay, Tom. Were you in love? Crickets. Tom? Tommy! Tom, you with us still, buddy? Cindy, are you in love? Zoom frozen? Look, uh, uh, look, uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Are you protecting somebody now? Now you're protective? Now you don't want to fucking upset Ariana by saying, yeah, you were in love? That's the, you've for done somebody, the damage. For somebody who wants to write a script for how both him and Raquel should answer questions, he seems super unprepared. You can't, unless he was trying to pause for dramatic effect. Maybe he's trying to do the Kendall Roy dramatically or dramaturgically. It makes a lot of sense. Like that's what he was trying to do then maybe, but he just seemed like, dude, of course they're going to ask you if you're in love with her. You have to decide before the reunion, I'm going to say yes emphatically and see how that goes. Or I'm going to say no and lose maybe the only person that I can kind of manipulate and keep near me so that I can feel a little bit better about myself until I can bounce off to Texas and go here and go there because there are other weird girls that are, whatever reason, attracted to me. I'll just move on and do that. You got to be firm in your stance at this point. Everything is out there for the most part. Obviously, there's more details that we get later, but everything is out there for the most part. There's no more harm that you can do 
Just say you're in love with her and maybe some people might feel empathetic towards you. You can actually potentially do some very minor damage repair. It's not going to do a whole lot. It's like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole, but you could do a little bit yeah. instead of taking this wishy-washy approach where you just look even worse. And yeah. like every time I think they can't look worse. They do. They do. But this is a moment where we get Ariana is saying like she fucking reads Raquel. She really goes after her and she's like, she ends it with, you are nothing. And I want that to sink in. This was a powerful scene. This is a really powerful scene because look, Ariana deserves all the time that she needs to get out all of her feelings to these two. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it seems mean at times, if it's, you know, yeah, people are like, oh, well, I'm worried about Raquel and like how she's going to react. Look, she deserves to hear everything Ariana has to say because Ariana has sat back and this was a nine-month thing. So if you think that it was too harsh, if you think that she said anything over the top, I know I said earlier it was tough to watch at times. That's not because of what was being said. What was being said was 100% needed, necessary, truthful, and I agree with Ariana. So the fact that she has a chance to sit there and say to Raquel's face, you're nothing, feel this because I need you to feel it and I hope that you get haunted by my dead dog. Yeah. I'm glad she has a chance to speak up and speak out and get all of this stuff off her chest. But that's the thing, and that's what kind of sucks, is like, it's still not going to make it okay. Like, she's not going to feel better because of it. And that really, that's bullshit, because she deserves to feel happy, and she deserves to get past this. But you get to see, you know, because Schwartz, once again, tries to throw in like a little comic relief or just kind of change the subject, I guess. But he's like, I'm really, I want to bring up the juxtaposition here between the most hated man in the world and... You, Ariana, and I'm actually glad that because everyone else like is like Jesus Schwartz, like yeah. give it a rest. But I'm glad that Ariana took the time to answer this one because it was a very touching moment just to see her be like, you know what, the fans, the support from them, the people around me on this couch, this is what got me through. And we've questioned it a little bit. We're like, well, Lala wasn't even that close with her. It's like, you know what, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter because she was there. Lala has been through a similar situation, so I'm sure there was a comfort knowing that Lala was there to kind of yeah. help her get through this. So, no, I don't think that it was blown out of proportion by anybody. I think that it was supporting a friend. I do think they definitely got closer from this and yeah. during this. I'm sure Lala and Ariana are probably Absolutely. extremely close now. So she didn't overstep all that stuff. And it was nice to see Ariana found a way out of this hole that these two horrible people stuck her in because of the people around her and the fact that she's speaking up about it, that, you know, she pretty much needed a babysitter. She needed somebody yeah. there with her. Like, this I mean, is heavy shit. Yeah, and the thing that, like, really sucks the most is, and you can tell because Ariana's being super truthful about everything, it's not like she felt the same way that Tom did and they were just stuck in this relationship and neither of them knew how we were going to move on. How are we going to end this? Are we supposed to be together? I mean, we've been together for, like, nine plus years. It's been good. Should we just keep going at this point? It's not like... They were having those second thoughts. Maybe Tom was, but Ariana really wasn't. And she said it multiple times. She said, this is the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I was happy. Yes, there were things that I wanted to change, but I was happy. And when this happened, it was completely blindsiding me. I didn't know what to do. And thank God I had people around me yeah. because I needed to essentially be babysat because I wasn't eating. I lost eight pounds. Like she was very real about everything. And it's almost like you want to give her that opportunity. I guess this is sort of like getting a little bit of closure. She doesn't really get the closure that she deserves and what she should actually get. Because again, they're on the same TV show and obviously Sandoval is going to be back next year and they're going to try to milk as much out of that as possible. I get it. It's a TV show, but in the real world, you need to be able to close that door. And when something horrific like this happens, 
you can fully close a door and you can never see those people ever again. And that's huge for your psyche to move forward because you realize who your best friends are, who's going to support you the most. And that's what Ariana did get at least. And if nothing else, the way that this ended, she gets to just completely look at both of them and say, you're both dead to me. I don't care what happens to you. I'm not going to be rooting for you from afar, as she said to Tom when Tom said that fucking later, like a weirdo. She just gets to move on with her life and be happy away from these two toxic, toxic people. Yeah. And even in this moment, she can't fully vent and have a moment because Tom's crying. I don't believe it for a second, but Tom's got tears running down his face. And they both say, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this. And it's like, you don't get to say that because you're still doing it. Yeah. You're still fucking doing it. You need to look at this situation and be like, oh, this is depraved regardless. Like, even though they know about it, uh-huh. it does not take away from how fucked up it is. And yet you continue this charade day in and day out. And whether now it's to not look stupid for Tom or for Raquel, who's genuinely in love with this man, read the room. Like, I wish that I could have stamped that on their foreheads throughout this entire thing. Like, read the fucking room. And we get to the next scene, and it's about, like, this is wild to me. I didn't even put this together until they brought it up. When he dressed up as Raquel, he was having sex with Raquel. Actively. Oh, my God. Not just the one time. And that's the one thing that we get to reflect on is Tom, every single time when people were like, "You you were having sex with her. You don't get to say these things. You don't get to do this. He kept saying and leaning on this. It was one time. It was just one time. It was a mistake. Okay. Even if we were to believe that, and obviously we know differently now, but even if we were to believe that, if you do it just that one time in August, September, whenever it was, and then pick it back up in January, it's not just that one time. That means that there have been four months that you were probably thinking about it that drove you back to do it again in January. Even if we're supposed to take you at face value, it's not about the one time. It's not a mistake because it wasn't a one night stand that you got caught doing. And oh my God, the world is burning. I didn't really feel anything for this person. No, you carried on at the very least an emotional relationship with another person for that entire time under the house that you owned with your girlfriends while she thought that everything was fine. You don't get to just lean on this like an emotional crutch and make people feel bad for you and say, oh, yeah, it was just it was just the one time. Like, it was just a mistake. I'm a human. I could do this. Like, no, dude, you picked it back up in January. That made it even worse. Well, let's also talk timeline here. If you guys banged in August one time, August, September, October, at most, at absolute most, it's been three months since your affair. Yes. Three months. Yeah. And you dress up as the mistress for Halloween. You are not human. No, you are he's not, not a, he you're not a person. Think, he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with it. And that's the thing. Even in the moment. In the moment, even, he's defending it. And it's even worse. It was knowing, online. It was everywhere online. Like It was just a cool TikTok that I just wanted to do. It was fun. It was great. TikTok. She was one of your best friends. It's like, yeah, that makes it so much worse, dumbass. I got and then the lightning. This is when stuff starts coming out over yeah. and over. This is when it starts to really heat up. The lightning bolt necklace comes out. Raquel, like. It was significant to who he was in my life. Yes. Inappropriate. Yep. Inappropriate, not even because you're just having sex with him. That's the emotional thing we're talking about. It's so crazy. Even if he was just a good friend, even if you guys hadn't had sex, for you to buy the same necklace that he wears because you have a connection with him is disrespectful to Ariana. That's called an emotional affair. And LVP says, it's pretty fucking weird that you would do that knowing that you're going to be on camera. How can you be yeah. so brazen? And she goes back. She goes, I cringed every time I saw it. 
But this is where she brings up the journey again. I was on a journey for myself. I was finding me and I was, I was being selfish. It's like, stop saying selfish. Yeah. Stop saying selfish because selfish, there's a difference. There's a difference between being selfish and ruining lives. Yes. Like people can be selfish and an asshole and still not be anywhere close to the level of self. You can be a selfish asshole that just keeps to themselves. There's a lot of different ways. Not affect other people. Right. What you're doing is not selfish. No. It is destructive. Yeah. And during the whole lightning bolt conversation, it comes up again, like the feelings about the two of them, because this is implying from Raquel, and this is where you get to see behind Sandoval's mask again, that Tom is so significant in her life that she wanted a necklace to symbolize it, knowing that other people were going to see it, knowing Mm -hmm. that people at home were going to see it. She still wanted to do it. Tom's response to this is, we haven't had enough time to process this. We haven't enough time to like break this down, how we really feel about everything. It's like, oh, there's your defense. You're now panicking because she's all in. You fucked up. You got a stage five clinger on your hands. And now you're playing panic mode because, oh God, I don't feel the same way. I'm already over this whole thing. And she's like way into it. And fuck, I'm in a bad spot. Yeah. And and this is just Sandoval completely losing it all. You can see his wheels are completely coming off. Mm -hmm. Everything that he put together where he was being somewhat emotionally distant the entire time, keeping his head down, only really attacking James and Lala. You can see him just start to get a little tired. And this is when true Sandoval comes out during all of this is when it starts up and he can't take the jabs no matter where it comes from. And the real Sandoval leads off with probably the worst thing that I know. It was the worst because of the situation and what's going on. This is the the situation. It's still just the worst fucking thing I've ever. It's the worst fucking thing. I agree. Or heard in real life. Just if I heard that on the street, I'd be like, oh, God damn it. It was just a horrible, horrible thing to say. And I'll let you drop it. Yeah. Uh, it's, and just the way that it fucking comes about. And you can tell it's the only time you've seen Tom just take forever to answer things. You've seen him completely just lose focus and not say a word. For him to immediately go against this is unbelievable. And it's exactly what he fucking thinks. And it's, it's probably what he thought for the last four or five years of his relationship. And he just goes right off the cuff when they're talking about how him and Raquel were carrying on with this whole sex life thing. Ariana steps in and says, well, you were having sex with somebody else while you were having sex with Raquel me and Tom off the cuff just goes, Oh yeah, we had sex. You kept your t-shirt on. It was really hot. Everybody you could hear a pin drop with, and everybody's reaction was unbelievable. Oh. Andy with the, like, he made a face. Lala erupts and doesn't say more than just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It, it was unbelievable. And for somebody to say that about not even just another woman, but somebody that you were having a relationship with for nine years that you loved and built a whole life with, to then reduce her to, yeah, we were having sex and she kept her t-shirt on. It was really hot, sarcastically is one of the most deplorable things that I've ever seen in my life. And disclaimer out there, by the way, I think it's really hot when a girl wears a t-shirt, nothing but a t-shirt on. That's really fucking sexy. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. It's cool. Tom's a piece of shit. So if anybody's out there listening and anybody that watched that last night that felt a little weird for themselves, go ahead, do what you're going to do because there are pretty much 99.9% of guys out there are just happy to have sex in the first place for the most part. <laughs> That's... And if you throw that in there, like it's pretty attractive. So don't worry about that. He's a scumbag. The fact that he can sit there and say that Ariana is gorgeous, objectively gorgeous. The fact that she's willing to have sex with somebody that looks like you to begin with, Tom, is a fucking miracle, buddy. For you to belittle her in this moment, embarrass her, shame her, pretty much call her boring and like allude to the fact that because of things like this is why you stepped out. 
is so atrocious and points to exactly who this man is. And this is what we've been seeing throughout the entire reunion. You see him start to slip here and there, but he hasn't fully gone off the rails yet. This is the moment where you get to see Tom Sandoval. This is where his frustrations finally boiled over because he felt cornered and he just lashes out. The lash out is who Tom is. That is emotion. That is frustration. He doesn't have time to get his thoughts together because he's just firing back. He fires back with that comment, which is, there's not a whole lot you can say to a woman that's worse. There's no, really, really not. not. I mean, you know it's bad when even Schwartz put his head in his hands and just said, I can't stomach that, man. Like, come on. It's just ridiculous. Like, and he tried to console Schwartz. He put his hand on Schwartz's shoulder and said, sorry, buddy. Get like, no, fuck. dude. Like, you're a piece of garbage. Like, yeah, you didn't even apologize to Ariana. You apologized to Schwartz. Yeah. Like, he, he, has, he feels no sympathy towards Ariana in this situation. You know that. In this whole grand scheme of things, he does not feel sorry for her at all. Yeah, but just, I don't know. It, it made my stomach turn. Like, I was like, oh, my God. The fact yeah. that sex should not and will not be used against somebody that you were with. Like, it's crazy yeah. that somebody that's willing to be vulnerable, intimate, she's still being intimate. She kept her T-shirt on. It's mm -hmm. not the end of the fucking world, buddy. But for you to say and use that as evidence and an example of why you stepped out, because that's what that was, and that's where you fucked up. You should have just stayed quiet. But instead, you point to exactly what your thought process is. Oh, Guys, you'll get it. She wore her t-shirt the whole time, so why would I still want to have sex with her? It's like, no, you fucking disgusting piece of garbage. Yeah. Because of things like that, that's why you are this narcissistic asshole, because you think this way. Yeah. She doesn't owe you a goddamn thing. The fact that she slept with you to begin with is a goddamn miracle, and ugly people worldwide should be that you probably gave them hope. Yeah. Because you're so gross, and this beautiful, wonderful woman gave you a shot, and you stepped out on her, because you suck. Unbelievable. We're almost there. We're almost there, and I could take a nap. I'd be remiss if we didn't point out the wonderful commentary from James calling them both poo poo heads living in a poopy house. Um, just when he said that, and a lot of times when James talks, I think of like a three year old just throwing insults out there. Yeah, but, but he, that doesn't mean that it's any less funny. That always plays. Or true. It's a good joke. But immediately after the poo poo heads, we get like the what did Schwartz think? Like, mm -hmm. what did you do when this information was brought to you? And he did say, look, I flat out told him you have to tell Ariana. Yes. Like, you have to tell her, spill the beans because this is going to get so much worse if this happens. If what's happening now happens, it's going to be way worse than a really, really, really bad conversation. It's not going to turn out well. No. But it's not going to be like this. Yeah. Because at least you said something and took ownership which you still, to this day, are not doing, which is yeah. just insane. And I truly believe that Schwartz actually did say that. Right? I do, too. I, think that, I don't think in the moments he's afraid to say things to Tom. I don't think he did it in like a, bra like a brazen way at no. all. I think that he quietly suggested, like, maybe, dude, just go talk to Ariana a little bit. And just, you know, if you want to break up with her and you want to be with Raquel, just go ahead and do that. Or he probably said something like, if it gets any worse and you feel like you're growing feelings for Raquel, then you're going to have to do this. Either way... I think it was still important that one, nobody really questioned whether Schwartz did that. And two, that Schwartz actually was able to say that out loud for everybody yeah. to hear. Yeah. I think that's a big step for him because he's been afraid to talk against Sandoval in the past. And he, you know, he's starting to come out a little well, bit. He finally did. I mean, he does in that yeah. interview on Sheena and Brock's podcast, he actually gets into it, which it, after seeing the reunion, he probably was like, fuck, I need to talk. Yeah. I need to say something because he doesn't care about me. No, he doesn't care about anybody. So I need to defend myself. But, Lala with a great, great one-liner here because 
Raquel is apologizing and says, you know, I hate that I proved Lala right. And Sandoval chimes in and he's like, Lala, you're not even close with Ariana. And Lala from the top rope, I do love Ariana. I ate her cookie in the back of your car. I love her mm-hmm. so much. I was like, damn, fuck you, Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. But Raquel leaves the stage. They take a quick break. And this is where we get that horrible scene we've already talked about. They're sitting there laughing. They're laughing. And this it's so hard. I can't. I cannot understand. I don't think you're supposed to be able to understand if you are sane because the way that that conversation starts, Raquel's crying, saying, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to hurt people, blah, blah, blah. Tom's only response, I know it really sucks. But you handled yourself way better than I did. I'll give you that much. Like, shut up, dude. That's all you have to say? No. That's all no, you have to say. Was... But then they both are fine. Yeah, they're both fine. They're and they both just move fine. on. And they and... giggle, laugh, and yep. leave. Yep. Raquel gets to leave in a limo. She doesn't have to face anybody else, and she probably hasn't since. And Tom has to go back as Sheena comes back out. Sheena comes out. Like, what's your thoughts on Raquel? She's a sociopath. She didn't cry once. She's fake as fuck. Sandoval, what's your sign-off? And this is where he starts sobbing, crocodile tears. He looks like an idiot. I'll be rooting for her from afar. Like, shut up, From the sidelines and understand I'm human and I make mistakes. Here's your fucking issue, Tom. You are human. Humans do make mistakes. Humans that make mistakes that are actually human beings cop up to them, say they're sorry, atone for their sins, and try to move forward in a better, more amicable way to be a better human being, to contribute to society just a little bit better than the shitty stuff you were doing before. What you have done, Tom Sandoval, Thomas, you fucking dirtbag, what you have done is taken the situation, made it about yourself. You've played the victim card this whole time because you were in an intimateless relationship. You felt the need to step out on your girlfriend of nine years with her best friend. When confronted with this information, instead of saying, you know what, I'm gross. I know I fucked this up. I know I burned a lot of bridges. I know I need to be better. What you're saying is that she's the problem because it was intimateless. Because you had a connection with this woman, you had to see where that went because you felt something you hadn't felt in a long time. You have not yet, in all of this craziness, said, I take accountability, Ariana. I am sorry. And that's all you need to say. And then you need to sit back and take your fucking beating because you deserve every single thing that has come your way, that is going to come your way. And because you still feel no remorse for this, I hope your whole life fucking sucks. I never say that about anybody. No. I hope your whole life sucks because you don't even see now, even now, you have the audacity to say some shit to your ex about her wearing a t-shirt having sex? Fuck you. Burn in hell, you piece of shit. And I really did think that the end of it was... we didn't. I, it didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to because Andy took a very long pause when he said, I think what we all need right now is... And he ended up saying time, but I really thought he was going to say shots and he was going to bring too. out shots for too. everybody. Oh my God, I did too. I was so excited. You, I was like, no, Andy, don't do that. Do you think he was going to say shots and then looked around and was like... Maybe not shots. Any time. Not booze. And it was so funny because it was like, it was almost like it ended like anticlimactically a little bit at the end where it's like, all right, yeah, you get people to kind of just sign off and say what they're going to say towards the end. And now we're going to end with time. And then everybody just kind of gets up and walks away. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? But then we get, of course. We get the end, yeah, which we're about to get to. But I also think that it was anticlimactic. I think everybody at the end was like, oh. I don't think they had energy to be no, like I don't some think so. big finish. I think they're all at that point emotionally, physically, yeah. and mentally just drained. Which is fine. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah, but not complaining. We've been hearing about this big reveal for a long time. We knew it wasn't going to be that big. Shooter and I may or may not have heard what it was before the episode I did not. started. I chose not to. Let me put this out there. 
We were offered information from another source, a very credible source, who knew what the information was going to be. I chose to go into it with the lowest expectations and no spoilers so that I could be pleasantly surprised, which I was actually, and not for the right reasons, not for the information, more for kind of drawing conclusions around it. Yeah, I wanted to know, so I found out immediately. So I knew what it was before we watched. Didn't make it less impactful, and I think I have a similar stance. It's not impactful because of what was shared. How it was shared to me is what the big red flag was. And Raquel sits down, and initially she's kind of smiling and like doing her normal shtick of like bullshit. Yeah, and she's saying, you know, the whole thing was about the timeline. They did not stop having sex. It wasn't a scheduled thing, but it was way more frequent than once four months off, full-blown affair. It was happening throughout that whole thing. They had sex multiple times in Mexico. She tries to say that they didn't. This is where I'm like, okay, this girl got tricked. She got manipulated. She is not off the hook. She was a party to it all. If she didn't do the friend stuff with Ariana, I'd be a, like slightly more lenient, but because of that, nah, all her. bets are off. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like, no, I know. the reasoning behind keeping it all a secret or keeping some secrets, which is crazy that they think this way, was that Sandoval thought it would be less harmful. Now, this sentence was what got me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you really are. I figured you were being coached. Yeah, she's a but pawn. You're being told what to say. Uh-huh. You're being manipulated. You're being pointed in directions. Which and makes sense, too. Like, I also saw that coming. I did too. Yeah. But again, like when you hear her and it's, watch her, like, I guess it's watching more, her, it's more just her ability to sit down six days after the reunion and go against what Tom wants. That was the big thing for me. We've known the whole time that he's been manipulating the situation. We thought the timeline, this wasn't the information we were going to get timeline-wise. We thought we were going to get that it started a lot earlier. Yeah, that's what I thought. We thought. Maybe it started during the whole James and Raquel thing. No, it, well, it's the best knowledge it could have, but it didn't, we don't know if it did. It was more that she was able to sit down and not only divulge information that Tom doesn't want out there, but also to say, Tom didn't want this out there. Tom doesn't want me to talk about this. And I'm sitting down and with I you might today lose the one person to I have say left. that. And the producer who got that out of her, not that it took a whole lot to get out of her, but the producer that kept asking questions and saying, well, a lot of it's already out there. Like, what's one more thing? Just rip off the bandaid and get that out there. He deserves an Emmy on his I own. I hope it was I Patrick. Then I hope it was Patrick, too. Patrick's two. the star for the show. Patrick, I'm just going to assume it was a nice job once again, Patrick. But. You bring up a really good point because she's willing to go against Tom here. What it looked like to me, honestly, was like when you see a member of a cult like step out. Like who was it that um, left Scientology and then made the documentary about it? Oh, um, I don't know. Fuck! It was the 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 wife in, from King of Queens. Oh, I I have no idea. Oh fuck! I'll, I'll remember her name. But that similar thing happened. And then she spoke out. To me, it genuinely looked like somebody that was the trance was lifted ever so slightly at least enough for her to speak out on it yeah and that's what you're getting here i think the trance was lifted because of the reunion i think how tumultuous it was and her watching it back well i guess she didn't really get maybe she did get a chance to watch the whole thing back but she watched a lot of it from the trailer she felt the way that she felt afterwards and i think that yeah some of the trance was lifted a little bit to the point where she said you know what i can maybe get out of this a little bit if I try to put more on Tom and obviously it's all true. We know it's all true. Yeah. And that was the big reveal to me is just that she's willing to go against Tom. And now you start to see Schwartz is willing to go against Tom. He's losing his allies. It does not help you to stick by this loser because if you look down the road and you say, yeah, I'm afraid to lose Tom as a friend. I'm afraid to lose Tom as a lover. I'm afraid to lose Tom in my emotional connection with him. No, in a couple of years, he's just going to do the same thing to you that he did to Ariana. And you know that's going to happen because the writing's been on the wall for years. Mm-hmm. So get out of it now. 
Go against him now because it might make you look a little bit better, Make might make you look like a sympathetic character that maybe people can latch onto and say, look, she was emotionally abused. She was manipulated from the start. And Tom is the true villain in all of this. Yes, we can look at this as Tom is the true villain, but she is still the queen of villains at this point in time. Yeah, it's but not it, like she gets out completely. No, not not even kind of completely. Like she's still, again, she played her part. She deserves to get what's coming to her. But to see her finally elicit emotion, to see her finally cry, and it's like once she allows herself to actually tell the truth, which it physically needed to be pulled out of her, he's like, did you go to St. Louis? Did you go to St. Louis? We have a fucking picture of you in St. Louis. Did you go to St. Louis? Yes, I did. Ah, fuck. Thank you. Finally. Like, we've known. We've seen this photo for months now. Like, we know that you were in St. Louis. Just tell us. Just say these things. Like, stop protecting him. And you, you get into the psyche of how Tom trained this woman because she was willing to try a fucking thruple. The fact mm -hmm. that thruple came full circle oh, for Oh, yeah, you. it did. In Scandaval is remarkable. You said Thropple, I think, in episode two yeah. that we ever did. Our second episode ever, you came up with Thropple. And for it to come full circle in this, I couldn't believe my ears. I was like, you were willing. This is how under his spell she is. She was willing to be in a Thropple with Ariana I don't think and that's, Tom. I don't think that has anything to do with her being under the spell. I think that has everything to do with her being a complete and utter lunatic. I think well, both could be true, but I think that... I don't think she's a. I think she's a complete utter lunatic. But well, she also knows absolutely nothing I, about somebody that she's calling her best friend. To think that Ariana would go along with that, but and you're saying that I am her best friend. No chance in hell that you even know this person because, as we've said in the past, you never share your actual personal information. You're never your quote unquote self around these people. So you're not actually making true friends at this point. And again, points to. She does not feel bad for the people that she hurt because she was never true friends with them in the first place. See, I think that there's more to it. I think that she is awful. And I think everything she did was awful. I think watching this scene, there's too many red flags for me to completely discredit her not being manipulated and under his spell because the way that she starts to cry after the hookup scene in the hot tub gets dragged out of her. Like he's like, did it happen? That's like what you said earlier that there, it's all out there. Like, what's one more thing? And she finally breaks down. Because then she's afraid of losing Tom. She's like, he's the one person I have left, and this might be like the nail in the coffin. She's got nobody, nothing because of Tom and herself. She obviously put herself in that spot. And again, for me, it always goes back to the fact that she was buddy buddy with Ariana during all of this. That's where I can't fully subscribe to, oh, she was manipulated because you played a huge role in how you acted separate from the affair. Your actions towards other people in the group is bewildering, honestly. But I think I need to be the, like, for myself, I have to say, I do think that she was very manipulated by Sandoval. I think she's the perfect candidate for somebody like him. I do think that she played her part as well, obviously, and it was a massive role. It cannot be taken lightly. She doesn't deserve a pass. She doesn't deserve a pat on the back. She doesn't deserve a hug. She doesn't deserve anything. But I would be remiss if I didn't say I do think that Sandoval is at the helm of this thing. I think that he deserves the most shit. Raquel deserves the second most shit, but I think that it would be irresponsible, honestly, to not point out, okay, this guy had control of this situation, much more so than her. She was following along, but he was the one pulling the strings. Mm -hmm. But then again, as soon as she says stuff like, yeah, we fucked while Ariana was at a funeral, I'm like, all right, fuck you. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, that's it, dude. We did it. We 
got through. And again, I know you keep saying we need some time to heal and just get back to, to base. I need to sleep. I, I'm just worried that this has ruined every Bravo show for me moving forward. It might have. We're expecting a lot, and we're not going to get anywhere near this level nope. of drama, this level of explosiveness. Like it just simply will not happen. Because if anything like that this, that could be a good again, thing, honestly, though. Because like you said, like we're tired. We've been doing a lot of work on this. I want fun. Yeah, maybe we'll get into some fun. I want fun. It won't be as taxing during the week. But that's what episodes. Summer House was supposed to do this whole time. No, it, we've it didn't. seen. I mean, obviously, this isn't fabricated, but. We've seen Bravo going down this rabbit hole of let's make things dark, dramatic, and dramatic, dark and terrible for everybody because that's what they want. It's like, no, we need a reprieve. Let's make these shows fun. Make let's one have a good time. Give us one fun one now. We need it more than ever. Everybody needs it. Even the cast of Vanderpump needs a fun fucking yes. show. Yeah, we just need a good time. All right. Make me giggle. Do a couple fart jokes. I don't know. Make a dick joke. Something yeah. funny. Something good. Lighthearted. Something good and fun. Lighthearted. That's what we want. Let's do the questions before I pass out. Um, let's get into it. Up first from Portland Girl 0330. Are you as bored with the Tom storyline at this point as we are? No. Well, who's bored? Are you bored? Bored is definitely not a word That's I would use. That's not the correct word. And from all the social media I've read, I don't think anybody's bored. No. There's a lot of adjectives you could use there. Bored, I don't think, is the correct one. From XO Sherry Lynn, did Rachel out herself and Tom in those last five minutes of the reunion to hurt Ariana further? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, I don't I didn't get that. Look, I don't think that you can. The only way that you could hurt her more is by saying that it's been going on for way longer. I think the only way you could hurt her more is implying that they still have the ability to hurt her at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think you do. I think that she's come out of this stronger and better. I don't think that they have them talking shit six days after the reunion. I don't think it's going to land on Ariana and her be like, oh my God, I'm so no, crushed. I think she's not. so numb to those two at this point. Yeah. And she made that clear during the reunion. Like, they don't have an effect on her. She's yeah. not, as she said, she's not humiliated. They are. No. From A. Wedick, this is an interesting theory. Do you think Raquel's pageant training has made her unable to process true emotion? I don't care. I think her pageant training, if anything, has taught her how to mask true emotion. Yeah. Like, if she doesn't want to cry in a moment, I don't think she has to. If she wants to, I, Look, I, I don't mean, think she processes things normally to begin with. Credit to that person who asked the question because they're thinking on a way deeper level than i'm able to right now yeah i can't even no uh, what's it's... two plus two i don't know from just tam 717 true or false producers knew about mexico no true or false producers knew since mexico about rachel and tom yeah i think everybody did on the production since side. mexico like real time they talked about how people saw them yeah but i the story that Raquel was spinning was that someone randomly, like a hotel staffer, helped Tom, not anybody else. I don't think, I really don't. I honestly, I think if production knew since Mexico, which Mexico was, yeah, it was towards the end of the season. I guess it was probably supposed to be the finale at that point. But no, I, I don't think so because they put a lot of time and effort into the whole Schwartz and Raquel thing. They wouldn't have done that if they knew what was going on, even had an inkling what was going on. Yeah, fair. Oh, interesting. From. Oh boy. K Neri Stredjek. K N E R Y S T R E J E C K. I got love. Neri Strayek? Strayek. I'm so sorry. Whatever your name is, Kaneri Stredjek. Do you think Rachel is playing a game, fake crying the last 10 minutes to be a Tom victim? Maybe. Honestly. Yeah. I 
I think you're assuming a lot out of her. I don't think that she's smart enough to be as maniacal as that question implies. I think that she, maybe she's getting some counsel from other people. Maybe your family's telling her what to do at this yeah, point. Maybe. But I think that she always needs somebody to tell her what to do. So, no, I don't think she's doing this and playing a game. Oh, what a great one to end it with. From Brina0464, how soon before Tom or Rachel end up in a porno? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sure there's already some, um, some spinoffs from that one. What would you name it? Slammed of all? Yeah. That, uh, that works. That plays. Uh, I was trying to do a play on worm with a must- or mustache with a worm. Worm with a mustache. Jesus, I am out of it. Mustache um, with a worm. That's actually not bad. Yeah. He's a mustache with a worm. The worm is his penis. Oh, mustache with a worm. Works. Worm with a mustache. Yeah, that definitely works. There's something here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Vanderpumped. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we're thinking way too hard about this. It's porn. Come on. You know it's going to be low hanging fruit. Slander pump. There you go. You just want to end. I'm going to keep yeah, going. No, that's it. No, that's it. We're good. <laughs> I can't think anymore. Come to all. No, okay, we're done. <laughs> sorry anyway remember to follow us on all socials we didn't plug once again at the beginning we were too ready to get into this but follow us on all socials at brav underscore bros subscribe to our youtube at brav bros podcast lastly july 26th we have our live show with zach peter in new york city at the city winery the main city winery so get your tickets they're going really fast all that's left is general admission. The seats are still really good, but they are running out quickly. So make sure you buy them. We will see you guys in Manhattan on the 26th of July. Anything else? Nope. I'll see you next week. I don't know what that was. I didn't care for that side off, but I'm, we're out of here. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a nap. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.